This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And we told you we were bringing something special to you next week. And as you can see, we added a fourth member for this week only. We are proud to introduce now live finally after 14 months of over the phone Might talking be longer than that we got jake on the on the other side of the table for the first time jake how are you i'm pretty good how are yourself i'm great you excited for this yeah a little bit nervous but we, we'll get to going i'm also a little bit nervous too because you guys can't see it but jake's dad is off camera so we have the first ever live studio audience for an mvp podcast we've had six people we've had five people on a podcast well, but we've never had someone watching which is n- scratch that we have we have yeah the ptp one time it was Brandon's friend was going to go see a movie with him, and he sat there while we did an entire PTP. That's some punishment right, right there. But he, didn't, but he <laughs> didn't have a tablet like Jake's dad. He just sat there quietly oh, for Lord. the hour yeah. and a half, two hours. That's brutal. Right. Well, luckily, Jake's dad does have a tablet, so he can uh, tune us out uh, if, if we get too boring. And <laughs> go play uh, some chess. But this, <laughs> this week, we're talking about the Los Angeles Lakers, what's wrong with the Lakers. Uh, then we'll jump into Wet Boys. Then we'll do top 10 players right now in the NBA. We did this last year. We'll run it back again since Jake is in studio. And then we'll end it with some NBA draft talk. R.J. Barrett versus John Morant. If you do want to be a patron, Patron like Jake, check out patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, you know, if you end up taking a trip to Chicago and you're around, hit us up. We'll, we'll have you in studio. Uh, first time ever. Well, who did we see at the Bulls game yesterday? Oh, and that's right. We saw Mike 2K at the Bulls game as well. Uh, we were right after we said bye to Jake's dad and uh, uh, Jake, we walked into the gift shop and then Ricky starts hearing, uh, you know, Ricky, Ricky. And then he turns around, Mike 2K. It there. was so weird. And I hope Mike's listening to this where it's like, oh, I yes. hear Ricky, Ricky. And I turn around and my first thought was, all right. He goes, hey, it's Mike. And I go, all right, high school, junior high, <laughs> elementary school. Where do I know you from? And he's like, I'm like, Mike, who? And he goes, Mike 2K. And I go, oh, no shit. Like the same <laughs> reaction you had. I'm like, no shit. And then. It was just we talked bulls until uh, the pro shop closed. Yeah. We're like, oh, we stayed here longer than we needed to. And yeah. also, last I should, we probably mentioned last night, we also saw the Chicago Bulls defeat the 76ers. Uh, go Sixers, right, Jake? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Zach Levine with a game-winning shot. Uh, but that's going to be our podcast today. Uh, so check out patreon.com slash podcast. If you're listening on iTunes as well, uh, rate us five stars. We'd greatly appreciate uh, that extra step if you guys have not done so already. And you guys uh, you know, don't feel like you can give to Patreon. Rating us on iTunes five stars does greatly help us uh, as well. So let's jump in, guys. We're going to start about the Los Angeles Lakers, 2-8 and eight in their last 10. LeBron James did pass Michael Jordan last night, but they still ended up getting the loss against the Denver Nuggets at home. And now coming out, Chris Haynes is saying that LeBron's going to be on a minutes restriction and won't play back-to-backs. So I don't really think the question should be what's wrong with the Los Angeles Lakers, but let's ask what went wrong with the Los Angeles Lakers this year. Dave, let's start with you. So we all kind of knew how the how the success story works with LeBron James. It was LeBron James plus a bunch of shooters. That's how he got it done with the Cleveland Cavaliers. In Miami, he had a supporting cast of some awesome shooters. Not so much. You know, when Rondo and uh, KCP are your top three-point shooters out there, you're not going far. You're at, just They built a team wrong. It, it's as simple as that. LeBron James wanted Magic Johnson to get guys who he was frustrated playing against the playoffs because they're gritty players, they're really smart, basketball IQ standpoint, but there was no team fit. And I think on top of that, having Luke Walton out there trying to put them in place to succeed, he just dropped the ball. Like He absolutely had. He was ill-equipped to coach a team of that level. 
This is not Luke Walton's fault. You know that, right? His rotations are horrible. This is not, I'm not saying they're perfect, but this is not his fault. Like So whose fault is it? I think injuries. To me people. it's all about injuries because like this team at Christmas was the number 4 seed. LeBron goes down, they start the let's see what the young guys can do. Well, they dropped a little bit. And then the biggest injury happened. Lonzo Ball hasn't been playing. Jesus Christ. And they are terrible <laughs> when Lonzo Ball does not play. And to me, the big thing that this is showing is, no, they're not going to make the playoffs, but what it is showing is that Lonzo Ball might be a little bit more important than what the Lakers thought coming into this year when they're talking about their young core. Do you think Lonzo Ball, if he plays the entire season, where, where are they right now? Right like, now, series, if... You think it, he makes that much Even of a if LeBron did not, like, if LeBron still got injured, I think we're talking about him as a 7 8 seed, not as like a, oh, they're out of the playoffs completely. So you think he's worth at least five wins? Yeah. No, I do. Because of what he brings to the team, especially passing and transition, what Luke Walton wants to do. But what, he doesn't fix their biggest need, which is shooting. Well, they're not going to get that anyways. Well, like, they're not going to fix it anyways. But he does it's still shooting. add wins. You think it's shooting, though? Yeah, I don't think it's like LeBron's fit. No, I don't think I think uh, to blame is the front office because I think that LeBron never actually bought into Luke Walton and the front office he wasn't their guy. Well, LeBron doesn't buy into coaches unless Pat Riley's there to say, "Hey, you're buying." Because he wasn't firing Eric Spoelstra, and this front office probably has no problem Mm -hmm. firing Luke Walton except for Jamie Buss. Yeah, I mean, you got two heads fighting. But like, what has this front office done? I think it falls on them because at the deadline they went out, they Mm -hmm. got Muscala for Zubac, which was just a terrible value trade. If you like, it made no sense at the time. Still doesn't make sense. And they get Reggie Bullock, and he really hasn't. I mean, he hasn't been good either. They didn't give up a lot to get him, but he was supposed to be their three and D player. Well, that they got. I mean, he's been fine. I mean, four point eight attempts. Yeah, he's, not he's been bad. shooting at like thirty five percent. I mean, that's been yeah. fine. But Reggie Bullock's not going to change this team. Reggie exactly. Bullock's not going to add the the dimension that you need, which is another star. And Brandon Ingram's been playing great the past couple of games. But I curse him. Well, yeah, you, you did curse <laughs> him. Uh, he's been playing great, but again, he's not a, an outside shooter as well. And also, LeBron really hasn't been able to take it up to those next levels that we've seen before. Night in, night out. It could still be lingering from injury. And it's not like he's been playing bad. He's gotten two straight wet boys. Jake just gave him one uh, this week. I know it's a little bit of a spoiler, but we'll get into it in that segment. I gave him one to him last week. Um, So he's been playing well, but he just hasn't been able to do the next level of leading this team. Um, And I think that, you know, some blame goes to Luke Walton and his terrible rotations. Some blame goes to the front office. But LeBron James has been able to overcome this year in and year out from the Cleveland Cavaliers' horrible uh, you know, front office and horrible coaching, yet he wasn't able to do it this year. And I think that some blame does need to go to LeBron James. And I think if we're looking at one big thing, it's got to be LeBron James because he came in here and he ruined the, I think, the camaraderie that the young players did have last year. He ruined the leadership that Luke mm-hmm. Walton was trying to build in Los Angeles. And he added a, un, kind of an unnecessary pressure to the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I'm not saying that you know the Los Angeles Lakers should regret signing LeBron James. You got the best player in the NBA, he's brought you probably a ton of money than you've you've seen in the past you know four years. But I just look at this and I think if you bring in the best player in the NBA and he doesn't take you to the playoffs, mm-hmm. that's a, probably the biggest problem. Well, and I was waiting to drop this bomb. I've had something in my back pocket that so about February nineteenth was the exact date. I threw out a tweet of just a random question when it came to the Lakers, and I'm going to read it. I want you guys to give your thoughts on it. I said, random question, when it's all said and done, will we look back on LeBron's years in L.A. similarly to how we view MJ's time in Washington? Especially if he's not able to do anything, will we just sit there and go, no, we're going to forget that time in L.A. 
we're going to remember him as a Cleveland Cavalier. Like, is that well, what's going to yeah. Let's say he doesn't <laughs> win and this team doesn't uh, do anything. Even if it's the front office's fault, uh-huh. will we look on it the same we look like Michael's Washington days? Because Michael was balling out okay. in Washington. First, balling out is he was averaging 20 games. For uh, for how old he was, he was balling out. But he was not yeah. near a top 10 player in, in his time in Washington. Um, and the other thing with that, too, with LeBron James. Some would is, say LeBron's teetering on that top 10. Colin Cowherd, I'm looking at him. He's a moron. Um, he put Ben Simmons at five last year. I, I think the biggest thing with LeBron is it's not you know his last years in, in, in Los Angeles. Like I think no matter what he does in Los Angeles, he's going to be remembered as a Cav because he played for them for over 14 yeah. years or 15 years, 13 years, uh, whatever it was. Because he had the three that he came back and then I think he played nine. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how to do math. I think it's 12. Uh, but he's going to be remembered as a Cav no matter what he does in Los Angeles. And then also... The biggest thing with it is he still has three more years in Los Angeles to do something. So whether whether or not that you're saying you know the the asterisks of you know what if he mm-hmm. doesn't, there's also the other side of what if he does. Well, no, and I think and that you saying, cannot write that off because he's still producing and, I'm and he's not still putting writing, up similar LeBron numbers. I'm not writing it off. I'm saying especially if he doesn't do anything in LA, will we look at it the same way we look at MJ's time in Washington? Half a season in LA, you can't equate to the two years that. I, I'm, not the see, career, I'm not 30s. seeing the same LeBron, Dave. I'm not. I'm seeing a LeBron that is going. So and, LeBron who's still averaging, well, you know, no, like 27, 7, and me, 7 is not no, the same LeBron who me, averaged 27, 7, To me, and it seven. has nothing to do with his stats or anything. Oh, to me, okay, well then, it has. Colin Cowherd actually said it perfectly. Sean called him a moron. I think he, he was actually right on the ball with this one. <laughs> is LeBron, ever since he's been in LA, yeah. he's the way Colin Cowherd put it was. He's positioned from player to, like, business mogul. He's too much mogul right now. He's too much in that world, and he should be worrying about this team and how they're going to go rather than saying, hey, let's trade all the young guys for Anthony Davis. What evidence shows that he's too much in the mogul aspect? Because all, all I've heard about is Space Jam 2, what he's going to do here, his Blaze Pizza, and it's like— I have not heard the, a single thing team. about that. Wait, wait, he's got Blaze Pizza stuff yeah, he owned on? He owns Blaze he owns Pizza. And he's, really? And he, yeah. guess what? He's owned Blaze Pizza for like five years. Oh, no shit. He's at least a part ownership. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think that. that's a big you know influence. And also, guess when Space Jam 2 was announced? Back before he signed with Los Angeles, so no, I don't think that's affecting him at all. He's I think still, the biggest thing the is mind, that he does not. But if he's the not mind engaged. is there, if you are like now that he's in LA, the mind is more in that than it was in Cleveland because in Cleveland it's like, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to play basketball. I disagree. In LA, I think the you've biggest, got way more to do. The, the biggest thing is maybe maybe his. Yeah, you both are giving the, the mic to Jake, <laughs> uh, I, so we'll go to Jake next. Um, I think the biggest thing is you know if any outside influences are affecting him, it might be. His family, but even then, I don't think that's a bad thing. I just look at it and I just think he's not connecting with these players because they are younger. Uh, he's not connecting with the coach because he probably doesn't respect Luke Walton because Luke Walton didn't have anything as a coach to really be proud about. As an assistant coach, he was great, but as a real coach, he never made the playoffs. He wasn't, you know, leading all stars out there. Like I didn't see anything great from Luke Walton. We were still kind of questioning, uh, even if LeBron didn't sign there, what Luke Walton's future was going to be. Um, he went from ten, I think, in in your uh, coaches' ranking rankings when he was first hired, mm-hmm. all the way down to twenty this year. Uh, for us. So it wasn't like we were really high on Luke Walton going into this year. I just don't think the connection has been made there like it was in Miami because when he was going to Miami, he was going to play with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, guys who are similar ages with him, both drafted in the same year and both best friends with him. I just don't think that the connection was made there. Jake, why don't you jump? What? Before Jake jumps in, (laughs) Jake is correct, though. 
Like what he said earlier, that's why Magic Johnson, he's the reason why that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's different expectations this year from LeBron. I think he may be tired going to the finals and losing every year. It could be, <laughs> so, it could so be the, just sit out the Or playoffs. even the playoffs. Yeah, or even the playoffs. I mean, this team, like I said at the beginning of the year during our hot take, they, the highest I saw them earning was a sixth seed and getting out in the first round. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think that was pretty – if they stayed healthy, they probably could have maybe made the sixth seed. I just don't think that – he probably just didn't care this year because they, they weren't winning anything. And what's the point of him going out – Every night, and I guess he doesn't want to play defense anymore, which is tough, but he's still producing at an all-time rate, an all-time great rate, and I don't think the blame still falls on him at all in this conversation. So he doesn't deserve any blame? No, okay, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't that's say that's that. my thing, is like, you know, we can blame the front office, because yeah. yes, they we, yeah. they poorly constructed this team, and we were making fun of them when they signed JaVale, Rondo, uh, KCP, or not, well, re, they brought back KCP. They brought him back. Uh, Lance, and then... No trade clause. Uh, yeah. missing anybody? Uh, Lance... Uh, JaVale and Rondo and Michael Beasley. Yeah, yeah, Michael Beasley. Um, he's not even on the team anymore. I think that's why I forgot about him. Yep. So I think you know we, we had that idea, but also we kept thinking that LeBron would have that next level to take him up, and I don't think we've seen those games. You know, Maybe we've seen like five or six games where we've seen LeBron rise to that LeBron level, that playoff LeBron level, but we haven't seen him consistently do it where you know last year um, where after the trade deadline, the Cavs started taking up, taking a rise. We started seeing that LeBron back. We never saw that this year. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that contributed to that is just the fact that he wasn't put in a great place to succeed. They weren't able to bring in another great name with him. And that was always the plan with LeBron going to L.A. It was, well, we're going to have the ability to attract great talent here. We're going to be able to go get somebody in free agency. They're very, they've made moves to set themselves up for cap space for this upcoming offseason. This year was always just the wild card year. It's like, let's see what he can do with this young talent. And uh, the expectations we all had were just about like, Bottom end of the playoffs in the West, and they, he'll be able to sneak in, see what they can do. I think minus the injury, Ricky, the Lance injury, not so much. The LeBron injury is yeah. the, if he had not gotten injured, I think they would have done that. I think they were 100% in. Obviously, the Anthony Davis thing and, like, turning the entire locker room into poison hurts a lot. And I think the long term, I don't know what's going to happen with those younger guys. But this year was always, in my mind, just a write-off year. It's see how far you can go with these guys. Maybe one of them will have enough talent to stick around, and the fit will be great with them. Yeah. But in in the end, it's LeBron James plus free agency, potentially plus a trade. That's the future of the LA Lakers. Yeah, with LeBron out there, six and twelve. So I mean, clearly there was a drop off there um, on you know off the court with him. But I mean, even then, when he's come back, I mean, they're currently on a uh, four game losing streak, uh, and in their past ten, they are two and eight. So it's not like even with him, he's he's helping him win games. And yes, that could but be other guys are the trade hurt now too. So Lonzo, Hart are both hurt. But Obviously, even Tyson with that, Chandler you hurt, think that JaVale hurt. He'd be able to overcome it. And that's, he's I think playing that's the thing that we keep... five positions. Like, but he's, but they don't have a center. But again, you see the you see the Grizzlies game where he's not even playing defense. It's just five on four out there. Like, yeah, it's it's not this all around heroic effort from LeBron. And True. I'm not saying you know. I think it might be ridiculous to expect that every single year from him. But if you're in the conversation for the greatest of all time, that's what we expect is for you to be the greatest night in and night out. Well, so let's ask maybe the expert. Did MJ take a night off? Oh, God. Dave, so, he got the flu and won a finals. Yeah, he also took two seasons off. Well, four, because then he came back. Yeah, because he got tired of winning. What he got tired excuse. of winning and said, ah, what I, a need, lousy excuse I, I need is. more of a challenge. I'm going to try <laughs> baseball because my dad died. 
Well, okay, we're not starting that one. All right. Uh, but let's get back to the Lakers. <laughs> what, what's the next move? Like, taking them to the next step after the season? Because most likely it seems like they're giving up on the playoffs if they're limiting their best players' minutes and, you know, restricting them on back-to-backs. It seems like they're giving up on this season. What's the next move this season, Jake? We'll go to you first. I mean, you got to tank the rest of the way and try to get that higher pick for AD. you got to try to keep one of your young players and trade for AD, in my mind. I mean... That's what they're doing, right? If they're giving up and they're putting them on a minutes restriction and they're giving them off back to backs, mm-hmm. they want a higher draft pick. What level? Like, where do you think they need to get to? Like, obviously they're going to be in the lottery, but where do you think they need to get to to make it a very enticing pick for the Pelicans? They're currently twelfth at thirty and thirty-five. I mean, if they get inside the top ten, if you offer a top ten pick, Kuzma and Ingram for AD, you think they'd take that trade? I don't know. Well, then you got to compare it to Boston. What, what Boston's doing. Yeah, I mean, but all Boston the Boston picks have... are in the late 15 now to like the second half. If the Kings make the playoffs, yeah. it all comes down to if the Kings make the playoffs, the Boston Celtics don't have a lottery pick. Yeah, I mean, unless Memphis falls out uh, to nine, that's going to be Memphis's pick. And then Sacramento, unless Sacramento keeps falling, it's going to be around 14 to 16. Uh, and then they do have the, the Clippers pick at 18. But then again, you have to compare the packages. You're going to have most likely Jason Tatum in that package for Anthony Davis. But so, B.I. is better than Tatum. so You okay. think so? Siakam's better than both. But what, what, He's what, five t- years older. And what can ter- Toronto even offer outside of Seattle? No, yeah, no, they can't. It's so not happening. at least Kuzma versus Ingram, <laughs> and I guess Kuzma as well. So Kuzma and Ingram versus Tatum, who would you take if you're both getting a top 10 pick inside of that if you are the Pelicans? Well, so that's if the Sacramento Kings fall inside the top yeah, 10. Yeah, let's say let's say the Lakers have a top 10 pick and the, the Kings have a top 10 pick. Which one's more intriguing, the, the Kuzma BI package or the Tatum package? That's tough. I mean... I, I would just say that those, those two are the, the headliners. Yeah, I, I mean... I think Ingram can produce at a similar at a similar rate to Tatum. So if I'm getting a really? top ten pick, yeah. And I'm given if I'm getting a top ten pick and and Kyle Kuzma, who's a he can volume he's a volume scorer at least. I think I would probably take that deal over the Celtics deal. I'd love to see the Celtics do that though, because then they lose Kyrie and they lose and they get Anthony <laughs> Davis. It's great for us Sixers fans. Jake, or uh, Dave, what do you think? Uh, Bi and Kuzma versus uh, Tatum. I think they want Davis. a spacing wing, or if they want someone who can like a six nine, six ten ball handling point who can't space the floor too well. Like Bi's game is completely different. Like yeah, they're both you know technically wings, but they're just completely different style. I think with Drew there currently, I would prefer to have Jason Tatum there to help space the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I still think that like ceiling wise, Bi is just a, just an inch above Jason Tatum. Really, you think he's above ceiling wise? What 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 about his yeah. ceiling and his potential puts him above Tatum in your mind? Because uh, you were high on Tatum last year too. I was, I was, but the fact that Tatum is, I think, part that hurts him this year, and it's hard to kind of mock off that is the fact that he's on a stuffed team. Like they're just they're so heavy in the rotation in Boston. He doesn't get minutes. He's not asked to do that volume role where Bi is basically next man up behind LeBron James, and with LeBron out, he had been playing as the number one option and worked really well for him. So. We kind of see where Brandon Ingram can grow to, and I think in his last 10, he's putting up, what, like 27 uh, and, like, six rebounds or something, like, to assist. His mm-hmm. past 17, he's he's got uh, he's shooting 55% from the field on 15.3 attempts, uh, but on two threes, he's shooting about 40%, uh, 75% on the line going six times a game, uh, five boards, three assists, and then uh, 22 and a half points. 22 and a half. All right, so a little lower on that end. But still, I, I think that he's basically just a different... He has a unique skill set that Jason Tatum doesn't have. Jason Tatum is in the same mode as like a Paul George. Like if you want to have a spacing wing who has potential for defense, he's got a silky smooth shot. Absolutely, no one's going to blame you for that. So, yeah, it would probably take the Tatum one just based off of the fit for the Pelicans. And the last thirteen for Tatum, 
on 13.3 shots, 46% from the field, uh, three attempts from three, 35% from the uh, from three, uh, 3.8 trips to the line, 91% from the line, 6.3 boards, 1.8 uh, assists, 1.6 steals, and then about 16.8 points. Um, you get more graphics from the Celtics, too. Mm-hmm. So That's true. Do you, do you really think they're going to worry about the fit with Drew Holiday? Considering he's almost he's 28. Yeah, I was saying, because do you think he's really in the long-term future of the Pelicans Do you at think all? that they know what direction they're going? No, they that's, never see, know what the direction thing. they're going. Like, are they competing still? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, do you think, how long, what do you think the, ce- the ceiling is with the team if they had Drew Holiday, Tatum, and the top 10 pick? They still do have three years of, of Holiday just to yeah. add that on. You want to know what the ceiling is? The roof. The ceiling is the roof, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like... The thing is, with to answer your question, even when first, he's shaking at a joke, you know <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Bad jokes, but the Pelicans, like Dave said, they don't know. Like they fired Dell Dumps, they don't know what they're doing. They don't even have someone in there. That wasn't a bad move. It, I'm not saying it was a bad move, but it's like, how can you really assess where we're gonna go if you don't have a guy? Like we don't have a captain running it. We have an interim captain. It's like, oh, you know, you can kind of make decisions, but really, we're gonna hire someone to really do your job well, so i mean danny ferry might be still in the running he has been a gm before well, obviously yeah. in the running but like let's say he doesn't get it then it's like okay someone else comes in their idea might be a little bit different but we're understanding that you know from reports coming out it's going to be a, a call mm-hmm. from up above that's why dal Dems was fired because ownership didn't like the direction it was going so the person that they are going to hire is going to be moving uh, 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 you know, Anthony Davis, no question. Um, yeah. So obviously, the Drew Holiday thing's going to be different, but I, I see no reason why if Jason Tate is the guy with playoff experience, J- Drew Holiday is a guy with playoff experience, mm-hmm. and, you know, so far Julius Randle has been playing great. He's not going to pick up his option for 8 mil uh, next year. He's going to get paid higher than that. But with Anthony Davis come up, coming off the books, you can re sign Julius Randle. So if you have a, you know, big three of Drew Holiday, Jason Tatum, uh, and then uh, Drew Holiday or uh, Julius Randle, and then with you know the top ten picks and two top ten picks uh, with the Pelicans uh, being up there, adding that to your lineup, I mean that could still be a team that makes the playoffs. Well, and the tricky thing is it comes down to Kyrie because like if I'm Danny Ainge and I'm sitting there, if I'm losing Kyrie, there's no way I'm giving up Jason Tatum. Like I'm not losing both Tatum. Like yeah, I know I'm getting AD, but I rather keep Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Then gain AD, well, then lose Kyrie and Jason. Let's Tatum. bring Kyrie in then, because obviously one thing that they need to do in the offseason is get a start. Whether that's Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving uh, through free agency, uh, that's a big thing that this this team needs to do. So, yeah. what players around LeBron James will work best? Is it going to be Anthony Davis? Is it going to be Kyrie? Is it going to be a mix of both? Is it going to be a different free agent like Clay Thompson? What names out there do you think that if you're going to have to add two to this Lakers team to make them uh, a championship competitor, which two are you adding? If I have my choice, I mean, I don't think they're going to have the choice, but I'm taking Clay Thompson. I think Clay Thompson is literally like the mold of what you want to play next to LeBron. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the best three point. He's probably the best streaky three point shooter of all time. Like when he gets going, there's nobody that can stop the him. hottest player yeah. of all time. Like you can get yeah. as hot as anybody. Exactly. Yeah. He scored what on like 63 on like three dribbles or something like that. Yeah, and then he had 37 in the third yeah. quarter. He's and then just what 15 threes in one game against the Bulls. Yeah, so <laughs> that's great. He can get really hot. I'd take him, and then I'd probably take Anthony Davis. I think, I mean, LeBron, Clay, and Anthony Davis, if the Warriors were to split up, that team probably goes to the finals mm-hmm. pretty easily, no matter who they have around them. And even imagine if they could keep Ingram and, and uh, oh, they'd have to get rid of him. If they could keep Lonzo somehow with that team, and they had a lineup of Lonzo, Clay, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and JaVale or something like that, Yikes. that team would be, I mean, 
that'd be the next super team mm-hmm. easily. I mean, but even with that team too, they might even sign like a guy who you know, like a boogie or you know, like a David West, a guy who yeah. well, you know, Rondo for playoff Rondo. <laughs> you need I, Rondo I think Rondo's off the team with the, <laughs> the way he's sitting <laughs> away from the the the, we'll take the team. But <laughs> um, Dave, what are the two names out there that you think the Lakers need to add? Because I think this is where we're all thinking is that they need to add these these stars to help LeBron James. Uh, if you disagree, obviously, yeah, you know, no, say I mean, so. Like, but, but what are the two names that you think? Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Like, you want to win, you go big. Why not? So no Anthony Davis. I, I don't. I don't love Anthony Davis. I don't think that he and LeBron pair well together. I, I get Anthony Davis's game is mm-hmm. amazing volume. Like, he is incredible defensively, and he can score buckets for days. But the problem is he needs the ball in his hands to do that. And LeBron, as a facilitator, uh, crowding the lane with him there, I don't love that pairing. Obviously, they'll work because they're both all-stars, so whatever. But I think at the end of the day, you want spacing and you want scoring. And, yeah, go ahead and get the guy who you know you've done it with in Kyrie Irving and then get Kevin Durant because I I know Kevin would probably never sign there because the hatred between them about, you know, who's going to be the better player and by Mm -hmm. the time it's all said and done. But if you're talking ideal team, that's the ideal team. I will say with his lowest, you know, in the past five years, his lowest usage, uh, Anthony Davis, um, he was still extremely effective with a 27 usage, uh, 24 points, uh, 10 boards, uh, two assists, pretty much three blocks on 53 shooting, uh, and he was not a good three-point shooter at that time, so that yeah. might even go up uh, at that point in his career. Um, what 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 about those two? Is it just the fact that they it's, both work Yeah, it's the, the spacing. It's the spacing. It's just LeBron James need guys who can space. Obviously, Davis has added that three-point shot. It's not super reliable yet, but mm-hmm. I just think that Low post defense, uh, yeah, it's super valuable, but at the same time, give me shooting all day. I just think that it, it would be nice just because if LeBron is taking off, you know, plays defensively, the guy that you would want next to him is one of the best defensive players in to the make NBA up for it. would be Anthony Davis. Ricky, what are the two names that you would think uh, need to be added to this team unless you don't think the team, the, you know, that's what they need from this now, team? The one Jake threw out, I would lo- I would honestly love it if Clay Thompson went to the Lakers, but I don't think it's going to happen. Like the boys are not getting split up. Mm-hmm. Like Kevin Durant, it was a fun experiment, but like he's going to leave, and then the boys are back in town in um, Golden State. They're not going to get split up. Kevin Durant's never going to L.A. He'll either go to like New York or the Clippers because he wants to be better than LeBron. One name that would not be bad for the Lakers. Chris Middleton, you can't get a, you cannot get a Clay Thompson. Let's go get a guy who can shoot, can shoot from three as well, and play defense, and then really put it to the Bucks. Like, hey, you said you were going to do whatever it was to keep Chris mid, but now when the chips are on the table, are you really going to offer as much as we are? I mean, that wouldn't be my first target, uh, but low key, not a terrible idea. I'm just saying, like, because I don't think many of the big guys yeah. are gonna want to go. It's there. not a terrible. Why do you think none of the big guys are gonna want to go? There? Because, like I said, is it like, because of their current situations, or is it because of the actual team? I just think part of it is going back to what Jake said. If the front, if the front, if I don't have faith in the front office, why would I want to go there? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the similar thing of you can look at LeBron and Cleveland, where. How many guys did they sign from free agency to help that team? Well, like, they had Kyrie about? already. I'm talking about when he came back from Miami. Yeah, I think it's they had Kyrie there, but they had signed they, 16 different guys in no, like no, one no. season. But how did they? <laughs> no, no. I'm saying how did they get K Love? K Love wasn't a big free agent. No, they yeah. traded for yeah, him. Yeah, but that, I think that was also they like had the they pieces were, too. Yeah, because they had a Wiggins who was not going to work but on that team. What I'm saying is, if they were going to sign a big free agent, no one would want to go play. Okay, in Cleveland your, with that front to office. To your question, what free agents were out there? 
to to add yeah, to that I, Cleveland team. And then also when you have Kevin Love, who was uh, the yeah. thought to be the ideal fit next to LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, who was pretty much already an All Star at that point, who you needed to pay, there wasn't room to add a big free agent. I'm not saying they were looking for it. I'm just saying mm-hmm. if they were in the same like the same boat the Lakers are in, he wouldn't have been able to get a free agent, the big mm-hmm. free agent to go to Cleveland because I would say their front office is not ideal as well. I mean, Probably, I think I'd more do the fact that it was Cleveland who well, wants to spend half the year and, in Cleveland. And that too. Joakim Noah said it perfectly. Um, but to me, I feel like Clay Thompson is comfortable in Golden State. He's so going to the stay dad there. connection, nothing? No, no, I just, I feel like it's, if, unless Clay Thompson is like, well, this ship is over, we're not going to win any titles, which I don't think he's thinking that. Yeah. He'll stay with Draymond. Like, if anyone's going to leave from that Warrior team, it'd be Draymond before. Next year. Clay or um, Steph leave. Steph's never leaving. He's going to be a warrior for life. But then you look at Kevin Durant. He's not going to want to go play with LeBron. He's going to want to beat LeBron. Um, so he's not going to sign there. Kawhi, I feel like if he goes to L.A., he'll be a Clipper, not a Laker. And it's like, what? Are you going to settle for then Kemba Walker? Like, that's what I feel like. I feel like, if anything, Magic Johnson's not going to do enough to get Anthony Davis. Those big free agents aren't going to go there. They're going to have to look at young, like the lesser guys, and Chris Mid could be one that's like, you know what, wasn't our first choice, but he would help out LeBron. I wouldn't skip over Kemba Walker like that either because I think Kemba Walker has a lot of the same capabilities as Kyrie. Not as good as Kyrie, mm-hmm. but fit next to LeBron, Kemba would not be that bad. He's a guy who can take the ball by himself and score when you need a big basket. Now, can he be reliable for an entire playoff series like Kyrie can? That's where Chris Milton was phenomenal against Boston. But yeah. can you rely on him to be that good as a second or third option on the best team in the NBA for that long? Well, the one thing is, as a third option, I think Kemba would be disgusting in a playoff oh, yeah. team. Because just because he hasn't had that opportunity to be in those big moments in the NBA, but clearly we know what he can do in those big moments, uh, You know, going back to his college days, where you know we, we see that tw- tw- uh, 2011 run uh, that you know was historic. Yeah. Um, him His dominant run uh, for, for UConn. I think that... Kemba would be an interesting name. I think Anthony Davis is the, the guy for sure that they need to add. I know that, Dave, you brought up the spacing issues. Um, I think that those stars will be able to figure it out. Um, Anthony Davis finally gets his shot to be on a great team, to play with a great player like LeBron James. He'll figure that part out. Um, and but then, the likelihood of him going there because of the ownership no, that, that's what I'm is the problem. No, no, like, I, you I, brought up the, can Magic get it done? I don't think so. And I, I don't think it, Magic has any say in the fact. It's the owners of the Pelicans, who are the owners of the Saints, basically are just like, we're trying to figure out what we're doing in this town, trying to keep this team alive and trying to keep viewers Well, you no, know, I, I agree that, obviously, I'm just saying, I, idealistically, yeah. the nice, the best name would to add to him would be Anthony Davis. Okay. Uh, obviously, that doesn't mean because even if they do decide to yeah. trade him, it doesn't even mean they can bring the best, uh, you know, trade package. Yeah. Even if Magic I feel throws like it was everything partially at him, spiteful, yeah, yeah. Even if you know Magic throws everything at him, I don't know if they'll still get him. But ideally, I think it would be uh, Kemba Walker and Anthony Davis because I think you need guys who haven't played with LeBron, who don't have that LeBron shine on them like a, a Kyrie Irving, uh, but also want to prove him. I mean, what does Clay Thompson really need to prove to anybody? You know, he's already one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. He's the second greatest shooter of all time. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he you know, he, he already has his accomplishments in, in the NBA. Winning a finals for the Lakers might be nice for his family because obviously Michael uh, was a big name uh, for the Lakers. But I, I just feel like the biggest names that you need to add are the guys that can push LeBron uh, when needed to. And I, I don't think those guys are going to push him over the ledge where they're not going to be able to work together. Um, I think they're both you know professionals who want to win and both are striving for the same goals. Uh, final question will be Luke Walton. Uh, are we all expecting him to be fired after the season? Gone. Yeah, 100%. 100% gone. 
I don't think so. I think he's still there. Why? <laughs> because you, you I, can't say that. I, yeah, start pushing well, the mic away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? I'm not going to ask Hot you. Take. I just I feel like, and maybe I shouldn't, because the only one to stand up to LeBron was Pat Riley, because he had the cojones to do so. Um, but yeah, I so just, the rings too. I yeah. feel well that too. <laughs> but I feel like if if whether it's Genie, whether it's Magic, somebody in that front office has got to go. No, this is our guy. And but you what could, makes him you could their say, guy? Like, and the reason why I say that is, like, you mentioned earlier how, um, like, oh, he's never done anything. He doesn't have a track record. He's never worked with All-Stars. Well, yeah, I know that Steve Kerr was really, like, the head from the locker room, but Luke Walton was out there working with those All-Stars. I know you can say it's the Golden State Warriors, and it's the easiest babysitting job in the league. It was. But... <laughs> I mean, he's worked with All-Stars before, and LeBron's a unique case, and I feel like we've seen in the past that sometimes La GM doesn't really know what's best for a team, and that Magic Johnson, Genie Bus, one of them, needs to stand up and go, no, we know what's best, and if they think it's firing Luke Walton is best, then fire him. But if you don't, keep him. Don't give in to LeBron. Yeah, but do you really think any of them are going to stand up for Luke? No, because they're not his guy. They didn't hire him, so they're not. They're not his. I. This is me, maybe kind of a little bit hopeful for Luke Walton because I don't think it's his fault. <laughs> I hope? think he's getting the raw end of the stick because LeBron needs a guy to throw under the bus because he's not going to well, throw himself everywhere. under the bus. Everywhere where he goes, it happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I fully expect Tyron Lue to be the coach going into next oh, year. God no. <laughs> I thought he's going to have an anxiety attack <laughs> despite LeBron. He couldn't handle the pressures of Cleveland. He's not going to handle the pressures of Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, Luke Walton's gone. Who they're going to hire, I have no idea. Like, I mean, there aren't that many great coaching candidates out there this offseason mm-hmm. that we know of right now. Mm-hmm. So, it's. I mean, it comes down to the same situation. I was talking with him about the Sixers yesterday. If we fire Brett Brown or if they fire Luke Walton, who's, who are they going to hire? The weirdest thing is Fry that. We, we brought this up. I, that was the first <laughs> name I brought up, jokingly. Um, and the other one I brought up as a joke, but I honestly think he might be the only one that's actually like a decent candidate, Mike is Mike Brown, <laughs> weirdly enough, because he's been a guy that has had over a 60% win percentage in his career. He's played, over. he's coached uh, LeBron James before, um, he's coached uh, Kobe before, he's been a Golden State Warriors assistant for the past two years. Um, he's a defensive-minded coach, which might bring him down a little bit, but also he's been on the greatest offensive team uh, in the NBA, so he knows what works, and I think the biggest thing with you know, these stars is you don't really need to put in an offense that's going to, you know, do the best. You just need to be able to manage these players and manage uh, their their mentalities and their egos. So I think that he he's a guy that, you know, is kind of a laughing stock because of the way he ended in Cleveland, uh, his second tenure in Cleveland, uh, and then also with the Lakers. But I, I still think he's a guy that is interesting. He did some good coaching for the Warriors when Steve Kerr needed him Again, to step it's the in. the same thing. It's the same thing with Luke Walton. No, he's a pushover. I mean, that's what goes well with LeBron. A coach who's a pushover and he can say mm-hmm. what he wants and doesn't get in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. We don't know who works with LeBron. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, Mike Brown's probably the, the coach that's worked best with yeah. LeBron, um, him or Spolstra, but even then he wanted to fire Spolstra. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, other guys that Mike Brown and Tyron Lue, one thing they have in common is they they aren't strong figures like a Luke Walton or something like that. Mm-hmm. Not, they will actually, like, LeBron can just push right through them. And basically coach the team himself. Or they could hire uh, Sean's favorite candidate, Mark Jackson. <laughs> it's not going to be Mark Jackson, uh, ever. That's never the right answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> never. Uh, not even for, like, who who's a good announcer to listen to during this game? Mark Jackson? It's oh, not shit. Mark Jackson. Yeah, no. But um, is he better than players only? Oh, dude? my God, yes. He's better than players only. Oh, my God. What do you shit. If you added Mark Jackson to players only, I think it would get worse. I, no, I, I turn no. off the game. Like, no. I know I could mute it, and that'd be fine, but I would still know in my head mm-hmm. that they're talking about the game, <laughs> and that would pain me. Mm-hmm. So, off. 
Uh, I, I like the Mike Brown call. Mm-hmm. I, I actually think that that one will work out well because he is a good player's coach, and I agree. Like You don't have to be a wizard with X's and O's. You don't need to be drawing plays. Like Brad Stevens excels mm-hmm. at that, and you're seeing right now, he doesn't excel at working with his players and, and having that personal relationship with them, that bonding team experience. I think Mike Brown is absolutely the guy who could help bring a team together around LeBron James. Yeah, I think he definitely has to be a former player in some ways. Um, and that, that just guy, not Luke Walton, Maurice just not, Cheeks. not, not yeah. pass, pass me the ball. I'm open in the corner. Exactly. It needs to be. A, it needs to be a guy who. I mean, and Luke Walton again. Ideally, I think you know on paper was a decent coaching. No, option he's getting the same he, thing that happened to uh, who's the Derek Fisher. Guy? No, that's no. no. uh, Ty Lue, David Blatt, <laughs> David Blatt. It's um, like you were, you were brought in to do though. one job, and that was to work with young talent. Mm-hmm. And then LeBron James is here. Great, get the fuck out. But I think the idea with Luke Walton though still wasn't a bad idea with. LeBron just because you know he played with Kobe, he you know worked with Steph, he worked with Clay, he worked with Draymond. Like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a bad idea. He was also young. He could, it wasn't he, terrible. You know, I, I don't think it was a bad hire. I think that he was put into the same kind of Fred Hoiberg situation. He was never set up to succeed. I know he got LeBron and all that, but mm-hmm. I mean the first couple years he was there, he didn't have a competitive roster. And then LeBron comes in and who's the scapegoat? It's always the coach. Mm-hmm. I just think he I think he could actually be a somewhat his rotations are not the best, but I still think he could be a decent coach somewhere else. It's not in L.A. All right, final thing. What went wrong with the Lakers? If you could sum it up in one word or you know one sentence, what would it be? Uh, LeBron getting injured. Okay. Jake, what went wrong with the Lakers? Magic. That's about it. <laughs> Dave, did they lose their magic or was it just magic? They, they lost their magic. Okay. They lost their magic. Jesus. Uh, I'm just going to blame Luke Walton. Just go easy. Really? Yeah, why not? It's all on Luke Walton. Not really, but it's just an easy scapegoat, and I'm just going to ride that train. It's true. What? <laughs> it's just an easy scapegoat, so that's what you're going to go with. You see with. what I'm doing there, eh? Uh, I think it's hey? tough to. <laughs> hey. uh, I think it's tough to sum it up in in, in one word or, or one thing. Uh, it was just a complete disaster, though. I mean, like you, I from it. the roster, from the front office, from your star not get, giving hustle, from your head coach not working with your star, um, it was just a complete disaster all around. Yeah, I remember us trying to like talk about how this roster could actually work around LeBron James, mm-hmm. and that took a that was that was a, a grueling process for us to like do mental gymnastics. Like, it could totally work if X, Y, Z, da, 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 all happens right. And I just want to say, Jake, what was your hot take? From the oh, LeBron the won't finish in top five of MVP. Which looks like it's going to yeah, happen. They, only, only us two? Oh, yeah. Mine only us was two. that Nikola Jokic will finish top three in MVP. It's going to be a tight one. It's Memphis. Uh, won't. Don't worry. <laughs> and then these two. Yeah. Memphis making the playoffs. Yeah. Second worst team in the Western Conference. He'll turn on that. And Ricky saying that the Lakers would be in the Western Conference Finals. All I got to say is it could not have happened to a better fan base of LA. It's great <laughs> to see let us know what you think went wrong with the Lakers down in the comments below. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. But let's move into our favorite weekly topic. We are talking about the dampest of dudes, the soggiest of shooters, the moistest of men. These are our wet boys. These are the guys that absolutely popped off in the last. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you never heard of them. I'm, I'm doing the podcast like yeah. you usually do it. He's never heard of them. Uh, so. These are the guys that had historic, historic weeks, uh, incredible performances, uh, crazy stat lines, crazy game winners. Uh, we This is where we give them uh, the respect and the nominations uh, that they deserve so we'll start off as always with ricky Wimmer. ricky who's your wet boy well with mine i've got to go with uh the guy who's got the shot who you know y- you look up and it's like wow he only has 13 points and it's like holy crap how'd he get 30 how'd, how'd this little microwave get going and uh zach levine or as i like to call him now because of bulls outsiders levine cuisine and uh only 26 points three boards but he, we beat the Sixers because of his game winner. I mean, Mike Scott, he did, just didn't know, hey, you got to you gotta cover Zach Levine and not let him go right down the lane to the bucket. But Zach, 
double wet boy back to back for me going Zach Levine Levine cuisine and even last week too he had a horrible 11 point game and he had a horrible 12 point game against Atlanta <laughs> as well so you're just keeping 40, it up he had 47 against Atlanta so go get it the Zach. 47 doesn't count go, go get us those does. no last the 47 was yeah, last for week. last week that's yeah, but, why he got it last week but also he had 11 against Milwaukee and 12 against Atlanta the game week, winner so. beat Jimmy in the UC go get it Zach Dave give us your wet boy uh, my, my wet boy this week is uh, Boyan Bogdanovich because obviously he didn't get the memo. The Indianapolis, <laughs> the, look, the Pacers are not supposed to be winning games, but because they are, we're going to get that Philly-Boston matchup round one, and it's just going to give this kid some nightmares. We'll be gone. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's just been shooting incredibly. He's been the key to success for this team. Uh, obviously, they've been having injuries uh, across the board, not just Vic, but the best thing about it is he's shooting from an incredible rate outside. I think people are starting to recognize the fact that he's a legit two-way player and given more usage is actually, I think he's going to get a payday. Yeah, he's going mean, to get a pretty big payday. He's a free agent this year, so I yeah. mean, he's going to be some guy that's definitely going to be interesting uh, to see what happens with him. He'd be also interesting next to LeBron. Uh, Honestly, we yeah. Look, we look back at the game, uh, the series against the Pacers. He, he played really played, well. He played great against LeBron. It'd be really interesting to replace Jimmy, and then Jimmy could go to Indiana, and we could take Bogdanovich. It'd be great. I think Bogdanovich might be off, you know, Getting a lot more than ten point five million. So and their big three might not be able to afford them. Their big three that they're going to pay maxes are Bogdanovich, Miles Turner, and uh, Vic. <laughs> NBA title. And hey, they're still better than your team. Uh, oh. Let's move now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How, how's that four five matchup looking? Oh, that's Boston and five. Remember that's... the remember the disrespect that we gave them. We did we did the top five, uh, best four teams yes. in the NBA, and mm-hmm. uh, we excluded Indiana, and still they're in third place. Uh, we'll go to Jake next, Jake. Who's your boy? I got LeBron James uh, past MJ for fourth all time. That's really the only thing he did this week that was worth uh, mem- remembering. I mean, the team might be struggling to pass to pass Michael Jordan for fourth all time in scoring is something. I mean, he's the best player of all time, and to do that, it's just special. And now he's got Kobe in his sights for yeah. third. Yeah, that's gonna go poorly. <laughs> that's when do you think breaks... Kobe's gonna show up? Yeah, hey, Kobe. Kobe's gonna stare him down the entire game that he's close and just be like, miss. Miss every single time. Be like me and miss every shot. It's like Kobe. He he might try it. Other other than that, I think Kobe could lace it up again. The fifty point. What if Kobe comes back and coaches the Lakers? What if that's the next move? It's not Mike Brown. It's Kobe, it's Kobe Bryant. Player coach and Kobe. Horribly. <laughs> Kobe off the bench. Uh, my wet boy this week. Uh, it's Carl Anthony Towns. We talked about him last week. The car accident helped him apparently. Uh, I, I like the way that uh, Jake's dad Fred put it. Uh, it gave him a more appreciation uh, of life. And he realized his talents, and Carl Anthony Towns uh, continues his great week. Uh, 31 points per game, 9 total rebounds, three, uh, t- 9 rebounds per game, uh, 3 assists per game, 58% from the field, and 47% from 3. That's a 7-footer doing it, and uh, we talked about him last year, too. Uh, one of the most efficient 7-footers offensively, extremely gifted. Uh, he would be a top-10 player if he could actually show up in the playoffs and play defense. Uh, but he hasn't done that so far, but he's still, like, you know, I think 16 years old. Um, extremely he's not young. Jason Tatum young. No, he's not Jason Tatum young. Uh, but Carlisle Towns still extremely young and shows uh, crazy off- uh, offensive potential. So uh, Carlisle Towns gets a back-to-back wet boy. Well, and also we got some movers and shakers because now on the wet boy counter, it's James Harden's in the lead, so we don't have to mention that. But like As Steph, he be. now it's Steph Curry and LeBron tied for second because of Jake and because of Sean and I. We now have five people tied at three. Jesus. For third place, AD, Derrick Rose, Luca, Levine, Levine Cuisine, and Cat. Man. Oh, that's sad. Well, Kevin Durant would be uh, third, too, and Clay. No. Because you guys get, well, no, because the whole thing with you guys. No, they're already, the Warriors, they're, already high, they're already highlighted. Yeah, we counted that already. Oh, so, so that, those yes. are added on. Okay. Yeah. Right, so right. it's one each, and then the Warriors get gotcha. them, too. Um, I also have some. Uh, 
some wet boy stats before we get into fantasy. Uh, I did this uh, yesterday, uh, so this is not Sean up don't to sleep. date. Yeah. Dave, don't tweet. Sean, don't sleep. It's already not up to date. It's 3 a.m. <laughs> uh, so we went back to the first uh, wet boy segment. It was on October 26, 2017. Uh, Jake's only wet boy was Dwight Howard um, <laughs> of the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, in the now regular he's got, season, he's got two. For 2017, uh, I never doubled up on a player once. Uh, Ricky did LeBron James like over and over again. Uh, and Jeff, uh, not Jeff. Who's Jeff? Uh, wow. Dave. <laughs> you got my name wrong twice already. Dave. No, Generic it's a, white guy. It's not Jeff. It's Renee. <laughs> Renee. It's right. Renee. <laughs> Renee of Storage Wars if you lost 30 pounds. Uh, 300 pounds. That's right. I can't talk today. Uh you double up on Joel Embiid last year. I never did that. Uh, Nikola Mirotic is the only player ever to receive a wet boy on two different t- teams in the same season. He received one as a Bull and a Pelican. Uh, out of 20 wet boys in this year, I guess it's now 21, uh, in 2018, Ricky has only had six unique wet boys. Uh, that means he has not had that team before or that player before. Uh, Harden, Buddy, Kawhi, Dinwiddie, Sabonis, and Tatum. Uh, now Zach Levine still adds on to that total uh, of <laughs> Bulls and Zach Levine. Uh, and then for reference, Dave has had 13, and I've had 12. Uh, Davis picked the same player, Harden, the most ever in a season with six nominations. Ricky last year picked LeBron four times, which is second most. Uh, and then now this stat's going to be bumped up even more. 45% of Ricky's wet boys in 2018 have been <laughs> Bulls or Warriors. And then uh, the top five teams with the most nominations in the regular season are the Rockets with 14, the Pelicans with 12, <laughs> the Warriors with 10, and the Cavs, or now the Bulls, uh, at eight. Uh, he tied with the Cavs, and now the, the, the wet boy for uh, Zach Levine. Uh, gives them the bump. So, uh, some fun wet boy stats, I guess. Uh, but let's move now into fantasy. Oh, honorable mention to Archie Diakno last night. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He, he gets an almost wet boy for his uh, excellent defense and uh, hustle. And the TJ, crazy save. TJ crazy gets save. it for like eight deflections on inbounds, but zero steals. Yeah. It happened like it eight times. Annoying. Yeah, he's like that little guy. He's like that guy who showed up to the Y and like has that headband and the shooting sleeve on and it's playing like 500% harder than everybody else on the court. See, we've got like, basically TJ. And he'd have the same stat line in the NBA game as he would in that game too. Exactly. So his stat line is, is always does, uh, just going to come Does Archie have a triple-double? Yeah, but Archie Diakono had that had that dive. He was working hard out there. He was ringing the bell. <laughs> but did, did he shoot 100% from three in a playoff series like TJ against the Celtics? How many threes did he take? I think two. Okay. And, yeah, seven, and, he, shot, and he shot 71% from the field? Come on. Yeah, he, he had Archie to Best player. Playoffs, he was our yeah. best player in that series. Bail out your All right, rookie of the year. That boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was rookie of the year that year. God. Yeah. Uh, let's move into fantasy. Uh, right now, we are still in first place, 103 points. Uh, there's nothing really to update. We're just we're know, just better than everybody. We're just, yeah, we're just great. We're just the best yeah. team. Uh, and Jake's uh, currently sitting in 12th out of 13. So wow. uh, shout out Jake. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> Haven't checked that lineup in a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> you are not, still not. You're not. It's not as bad as it could be. I think I took. I think I took Shamit in the last my last pick of the draft, and I actually was probably one of my best picks. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's probably not playing though. You probably didn't actually put him in your lineup. Yeah, so I he probably, probably didn't play it once. Um, it still is not as bad as the last place team. Shout out to Kraft. I'm not last. 19 points. You have 42. Um, Let's go. So it could be much worse. <laughs> uh, we are uh, in first place. One of uh, three. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers uh, are at 97, so uh, we're, we're still got a pretty nice cushion of six points there. Um, and you do not have uh, your boy in your your lineup. It's Damian Lillard, DeRozan, Ingram, Saric, Capella, Monk, Favors, Markel Fultz, who's been Ooh. out and hasn't played Legendary. in months, uh, Joe Ingles, uh, KCP, Sexton, Morris, and uh, Ariza. 
So if you want to make a trade for uh, Joe Ingles, I think Dave would be happy. But other than that, uh, your team's Yeah, a 10-10-7 game last night. Did he really? Yeah. I'm surprised it's he didn't give him nice. Let's move into the next segment, and we are doing this, uh, bringing it back from last year. We are ranking the top 10 players in the NBA. Um, all four of us were on that podcast last year, so we're just going to redo it, and we're going to update it for 2019. So we're going to first give our 2018 list so you guys know where we're coming from, and then 2019, what has changed, who's risen, uh, and then we'll obviously have a, a bloodbath of a fight uh, over who should be placed where because there are some interesting picks i will say that uh for the 2019 year but ricky start us off uh with your one through ten from 2018 well for 2018 i had at number 10 ben simmons even though he couldn't shoot a three um then at nine james harden boy should he have been higher this year um then Giannis at numero eight then we've got clay thompson at seven kyrie irving at six and then my top five at five Kawhi leonard ad at four Steph Curry at three, KD two, and then LBJ, numero uno. So you had the MVP at nine below the second best, the third best player on his team in Clay Thompson. I, I liked Clay last year. Clay was really good. <laughs> Jake, give us your top 10 for 2018. All right. Well, last year I had the true Sixer who deserves in the top 10 Joel Embiid at 10, Kyrie Irving at nine, Giannis at eight, Russell Westbrook at seven, James Harden at six, Anthony Davis at five, Steph at four, Kawhi at three. Kevin Durant at two, and LeBron James at one. Dave, give us your tough time. Nothing shocking there. Nothing super shocking. Uh, Ten, I had Dame. Nine was Kyrie Irving. At eight, I had Giannis. Wow, it really bugs me, Sean, that you just had to put him one spot away. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) At seven, I had Russell Westbrook. At six, James Harden. Five, Kawhi. Four, Steph. Three, AD. Two, KD. And one, LeBron James. In my top ten, I know uh, Fred Fred doesn't know me too well, uh, but I like to take victory laps when I'm right, uh, and I'm the person who put Giannis the highest, and I'm the person who put the MVP the highest as well in James Harden. At 10, I had Kyrie Irving. 9, Damian Lillard. 8, Russell Westbrook. 7, Giannis Antetokounmpo. 6, Kawhi Leonard. 5, Steph Curry. 4, James Harden. 3, Anthony Davis. 2, Kevin Durant. And 1, LeBron James. I think that is probably the best list of the four. Uh, All right, you had, you know, Giannis below Russell Westbrook. (laughs) Uh, Let's move to 2019, though. Uh, Ricky, start us off. Before I give my 2019 rankings, the only thing I want to say, and this is before all three of them, um, because Dave, I think you had a little gripe about this too. Apparently, we all have different parameters. I did. Yeah. Why it's like no? What I said is there were no hard rules. I would say how would you rank it? Like whether you want to base it off this season alone, or if you want to base it off of who would you draft? Like how what your big board would be of the best players? Vastly different ways. My list would be vastly different for both. Well, you picked the way that you did, so defend defend it your way. I mean. I, I picked it as not, the, the players who are the best. Yeah, mine would not be how I'm drafting them. Mine's going off of this year who I think the 10 top players are with their play. And at number 10, he was a wet boy two weeks in a row. Levine Cuisine Jesus right Christ. there at number 10, Zach Levine. Then Kyrie Irving at number 9. Then I know he's hurt, but Joel Embiid right there at number 8. Then... The shocker. He's not as good as he was in Cleveland. LeBron James at seven. Then PG-13 balling out in OKC right there at six. And then my top five. These are the guys of the guys. Kawhi Leonard with the Raptors balling out. Giannis at four playing really good. James Harden is on MVP levels and is amazing compared to last year. And then Steph and KD two and one. So... What was your parameters exactly? Because this is an MVP voting. So this isn't how no, you would, you would give out MVP. 
So what was your thought process, if there was one? My thought process is what I've seen so far this year. This is how I would put them down. Where, where so what's I mean, Kyrie James done Harden, that James been... Harden technically could be one, but let's be honest, I've never been a huge James Harden fan, so he was going to be behind the Warriors. Where's Nikola Jokic? I don't like Nikola Jokic. I think what that about these guys are better than I think all ten of these guys. I would that are better than <laughs> Nikola Jokic. <laughs> but Zach, Levine, Zach Levine, who was cold from the months of December to February, He's gets balling out right now. Recency biased. So what is this? The best ten players of the past week. Well, no, it's right now. It's as we're doing it right now. Idiotic. These are these are the top ten. Jake gives chapter. <laughs> we'll we'll right. get it. We'll get more well, to yours. I'm gonna look like a genius after going after that. So number ten. <laughs> <laughs> number ten. I'm going with Blake Griffin. Start off hot. <laughs> number Blake Griffin. Number. He's been great this year. I don't, I, we'll get into that. Yeah. Number nine. Anthony Davis. Number eight. Paul George. Seven. Joel Embiid. Six. Kawhi Leonard. Five, Steph Curry. Four, James Harden. Three, Giannis. Not saying the last name. Two, Kevin Durant. And one, the best player of all time, the best player in the league right now, LeBron James. Give it a try. Which one? Oh, Antetokounmpo. Yeah, you got that's it. Not, that's not, not far hard. off at all. Dave can't do it at all. I refuse to even invest. <laughs> Dave, gets your top ten. Uh, number ten, I have Nikola Vucevic. No, I'm just fuck with you. Uh, <laughs> number ten, I have Anthony Davis. At nine, I've got Jokic. Eight, Kawhi Leonard. At seven, Joel Embiid. At six, PG. At five, Steph. At four, Giannis. At three, KD. At two, James Harden. Eat it, Ricky. Uh, at one, LeBron James. K- KD below James Harden is a little interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm kind of shocked by that one. I didn't see that one. Yeah. All right. Let's he was move the MVP my... last year. He was going to be the MVP this year. He was an MVP runner-up the year before that. He's he's sort of good at basketball. I ranted a lot about him this year. This is going to be well. He wasn't you know back to back NBA f- finals. We get MVP it either. We get it. You're the hardened stand on the podcast. I am. Let's move into the one that will be right next year. Uh, we are looking at mine at so ten. What this is about Joel. Embiid. Unless that's your is that your preference? Is that you're going to be the correct list for next year? So it's not the 2019. Yours is the 2020. No, mine was right in 2018. <laughs> no, mine mine was right in 2018. It's just right again. It looks. It's the one that looks just the best in 2018. And 2019 is it's the right one. It's the right one right I, I now. I blame you. You wanted to do this. <laughs> it's the right one right now, and it's going to be the one that looks the best as well in 2019. Uh, at 10, I have Joel Embiid. At nine, I have the best center in the NBA, Nikola Jokic. At number seven, I or at number eight, I don't know, count uh, Paul George. Uh, at seven, I have Kawhi Leonard. At six, I have Anthony Davis. At five, I have James Harden. Four, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, three, Steph Curry. Two, Kevin Durant. And one, uh, LeBron James. What position does AD play? Power forward, center. So, so I would say that if he's a, if he's technically a center, how is Jokic the best center? No, I'm saying Jokic he's more only power forward. I'm saying oh, okay. he's more than power forward. He's he's just okay. a big man. I would okay. say Jokic would be a AD center. Because AD is ranked higher than a big Jokic. Man. I mean, if I had to say like who's the best big man, it would be AD. But I'm saying strictly center and better than Joel Embiid, it's Nikola Jokic. So let's jump into it. Technically, uh, Brian plays at the five some nights, so like he's the best big man. <laughs> but. The guy who spends 85% of his time at center. Just for that confused look over there, Nikola Jokic is like his boy. Isn't KD the best big man? <laughs> that's true. That's KD is seven feet tall. The seven footer yeah. for uh, Kevin Durant to see the best big man. Uh, I guess since he's not playing the four or the five, I think that's the... The, the benchmark. Does it matter in the NBA today where everybody plays? Sean's making that's up these true. rules, you, and that's, the that's we're just a spot talk. I love it's it. It's the way that I try to get under Jake's skin the most. We need that little like that silent it. sign up there for the live studio <laughs> audience so that when it gets clapped, you clap when it's... I can't read. 
Uh, let's jump into some of the guys that haven't made it uh, onto, the, or you know, who are the only guys making it on some list. So we'll start with Zach Levine. We'll start with Blake Griffin. Um, I also think we should throw out Anthony Davis, who didn't make Ricky's list at all. Um, let's start with some of the guys below before we move up. Um, so let's start with Zach Levine. <laughs> make, try to make any sense for it, because like, you're going to get destroyed in the comments. I like how Zach Levine plays. He's a guy that puts the team on his back. If you need, you him think for he, it, you think he's you think he's better than Anthony Davis? Well, you got to Anthony Davis ain't playing half the time. So when you're playing 20 minutes a game, yeah, I'm going to go with the guy that plays the full game rather than not playing. I at all. would take 20 minutes of Anthony Davis than 38 of Zach and Levine. And Levine actually plays the fourth quarter. Oh, but that's because our fourth quarters matter. Unlike New Orleans, they Sorry, have a New Orleans. better record than you. Yeah. So, so what? No, what, that doesn't make no. That makes no sense. The fourth oh, quarters, our fourth quarters matter. matter. You won one fourth quarter. Congratulations. We won actually two fourth quarters. Oh, we watched them. Yeah. I mean, you. We were you still have a worse. You, the... you have a worse record than New Orleans. So clearly, their fourth quarters matter because they're winning more. We're, they have to protect the lead. You guys are. You guys are getting blown out by sixty at the. The point, Sean, is that they don't matter because Anthony Davis isn't playing in them. Yeah. It's exactly it. So you would say. If Anthony if, Davis if you, played you, more, he would be on my in list. In 2019, you would say that, that Zach Levine is a better player than Anthony Davis. Yes, because you he think, actually do you plays. Think that, do you think that the Lakers would be offering Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and five five first-round picks for <laughs> Zach Levine? I mean... No. No. We, we got, <laughs> it's an easy for no. Jimmy, for Jimmy Butler, we got Zach Levine, so I mean, not far off. Jimmy Butler is not Anthony Davis. That's why <laughs> Jimmy Butler not is not on this list. Uh, Jimmy Butler list. wasn't even on the list last year either. Yeah, uh, he from, was close to his head now. For none of us. Yeah, he was like 11. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't get the, the Levine stuff. Uh, Jake, what's up with the Blake Griffin stuff? Because I was also thinking about putting him at a 10, but yeah. it, I, I thought I'd be nice well, and actually put MB at 10. No, it's more in spite because Nicole Jokic is not better than Joel Embiid, so I had to keep him off the list. I just, I, think I mean, you have such a complex that he's not only, you know, he's not better than Joel Embiid, he's not even in the conversation. No, no, he is in the conversation, but he's not better than Joel Embiid at all. But, so not really, he's not really in the conversation. But, um, <laughs> sorry, um, I would say this more pick of Blake Griffin is more he proved me wrong because I was a huge doubter of Blake Griffin. And the way he's played this year and putting that team completely on his back like other players can't this year. Like mm-hmm. Anthony Davis hasn't been able to do that with his team this year, even though he still is higher. Uh, Blake Griffin, just he's been phenomenal this year, and I think he goes under the radar because he's playing in Detroit and he doesn't get enough respect. Well, he added a three ball, too. Like yeah. He, went, well, to De- he yeah. went to Detroit and was like, hey— I'm gonna add a three ball to he my game. He had three ball. He just but he really worked on more. it this year. He yeah. did. He did. Well, that's what happens when he doesn't have to play in the low post all game because you have Drummond down there absorbing every single rebound. You know, mm-hmm. DeAndre Jordan was nice, but like Drummond's a different level of rebounder. It's mm-hmm. just incredible. I will just say real quick because Dave, this is the biggest scrape that I have with you because I mean, sure. I was I think Blake's underrated, but I don't think he's a top ten player. I think he's top fifteen for sure. I think he's one of the most underrated players uh, in the league, uh, but. Put an AD at 10 because I, Ricky left him off, and I, I don't know what Ricky's thinking. Uh, but, I mean, he's, AD's better than Kyrie Irving and Zach Levine. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, but you still put him at 10. I did. Uh, so give me the, the reasoning. Because I do, I do want to say, if, if none of you guys know, and I know it's not a perfect stat, yep. but per. Yep. Anthony Davis leads the NBA in per. I just want to say that. For, for player efficiency rating, the guy who does the most for his team, according to that stat, and it's a decent stat. It's a flawed stat. He's it's played it's, it's, it's flawed, but still. Anthony Davis is the leader. So so why is he not, you know, higher on your list? Why is he at 10? Is it because of the injuries like Ricky? It is 100% because of the injuries. <laughs> yeah. uh, him saying him saying out games is just it's ridiculous. Like I get it. You're you're an amazing player, but you still have a year and a half on that contract and you refuse to honor that and that just feels cheap to me. So 
yes, when he's on the court, he's an he's an amazing player. I obviously think that he can't carry a team on his own. Last year, he needed to have uh, Rondo out there defensively with Drew Holiday shut down uh, Portland Trailblazers, and we obviously respect the hell out of them for that. But at the end of the day, he's been on this team for how long? He's had very little success in the playoffs, and I think that he's been over like. We wanted to crown him the next guy in this league after LeBron James for four years in a row. And then it was like, well, it's going to be Anthony Davis. Well, maybe it's Cat. Maybe it's Jokic. Maybe it's going to be Giannis. Like, it, it went, it, it, he's been in that conversation. He's never going to get over the hump. He's never going to be that guy in the league. He's never going to be a top player. What about is not giving him over the, go, getting him over the hump? And what's a top player for you? Like, top the top five? player in the player. The okay. top player in the league. So, what's not going to give him over that hump then? What, what about a skill set is not going to give him over that hump? His lack of ability for spacing. Like, his offensive game is solid, um, but his passing on the low post is really garbage. And I don't know if that's because of the lack of wings on that team. Like, Etwan Moore playing the three obviously is a concern sometimes when he's not always a great shooter. Sometimes he's streaky. But, yeah, I, I think the, a lot of it is the fact that he can't take over a game in the same way that the guys higher up on this list can. When I look at someone like Joel Embiid, who I have above him, that's a guy who, if they need to go to him and they need to feed him, he can get you points. He can get to the line. He can foul guys out like crazy. Like He has such a great uh, skill set for being a number one on a team, and he's dominant with it, and he can win you games by his own ability. I think Anthony Davis, we watch him have those incredible stat lines, the 50-20 games, and I say games because it was plural. Like He had had such ridiculous stats to start the seasons the last couple of years. But it's never going to get anywhere. Like, he, his team just, he can't make that team win. And I wonder, I start to go, well, I get it. You have Drew Holiday. He had been hurt. You know, you've got random pieces around you. But LeBron can win with random pieces. How come you can't? Aren't you on the same level? No, you're not. I will just say then, LeBron isn't winning with those pieces. He's not, not going to make the playoffs. And then also year. last year, he did make the playoffs. Anthony Davis did. He went to the second round, and he lost well, like to the, carried you know, by, one of the best. That's the, true. Backcourt. He was not carried I, by that team. The backcourt and Nikola? Are you kidding me? He was not carried by them. Anthony Davis they was still the best. They he was, shut okay, Davis They shut CJ them down. down, but Anthony Davis was still the best player on that floor. I mean, yes, I, we continue to go and look at what you know CJ and Dame were not able to do, yeah. but he put up 30 points per game, 13 and a half boards per game, 2.3 blocks per game, 52% from the field. So he had himself four good games, this is what you're telling me. Four games last nine, year means he should Nine be... games. Nine games, he averaged 30 points oh, in the playoffs. So worse yeah, series. Okay. He, he was a dominant player last year. No, I mean, what other player is putting up 30 points per game in the playoffs? It's just that James upper, Harden. It's that upper echelon. And LeBron. where's James Harden been going? I mean, he, you know, obviously he has Chris Paul. He has Clint Capella. He has more help than Anthony Davis does. Wait, wait, not <laughs> The guy who's playing with like four guys. I'm saying last year. Entered. I'm saying last year in the playoffs. Do you not? I'm, I'm saying hurt. last year. We're they talking about the play, we're talking about the playoffs last year. I'm saying what hurt. other. <laughs> What are you talking about? Chris Paul got hurt last year in the playoffs. That's why they lost. Uh-huh. That's true. They'd be in the final. They probably would have won a ring if he didn't get hurt. Okay. Well, yeah. In game seven, yes. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, throughout that playoffs, he did have Clint Capella, Chris Paul. I mean, he didn't have Chris Paul for every single game. Yeah. But he, I mean, for the most part of it, I mean, he was playing with Chris Paul. Yeah. I, I would have to say, I, I had AD higher on my list last year, and I would have had him higher if this was probably a month ago. But since the fact that when he went out, his team almost played better or not the same, that's why I have Joel Embiid, a guy, a guy like Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. higher than him because. When Embiid's gone, that makes a you saw it. We saw it last night. A significant difference with their team. They're not as good with him off the court. Mm. Don't say it. Well, it's like no. It's like I oh, I shit. showed you after the first quarter. Yep. Rolo had thirteen. Yep. And I put it in my calendar. I'm like, hey Jake, yep. look at how many Rolos on pace mm-hmm. for it. It's gonna get fifty two tonight. Yeah. I mean, if your team, if your team can play at the same rate or almost better, 
with you gone, it says something about you as you know a player. You know what's funny? Giannis is like on off, I think. Yeah. It, when he doesn't play in games, yeah. mm-hmm. they think they have the same rating. He's got a, yeah. I think they're like well, 7.1 and, I mean, and 7.1 uh, or something. Kawhi. I mean, Toronto's still been fine when he's, he's yeah. missed games. I just don't think that, I think that says more about the team than it does uh, Anthony Davis or the situation. We can't look that, you know, they're a better team when Anthony Davis is out on the floor because yeah, he is the I'm most talented that. player on the floor. It's just you got to look at the situation that they're in. He's demanding a trade. He says he does not want to be there. Mm-hmm. So players automatically just don't want to play with him, and it's going to make your team worse. It's not because he's a bad player at all. If we're basing this solely on talent and what they're able to do on the floor, Anthony Davis is yeah. a, where did I put him, a top six player? Top six player right behind uh, Giannis, uh, James Harden, Steph. Kevin Durant and LeBron James. I think that he might not be at that level that you're talking about, Dave, of those transcendent players that can take over games like Harden, Giannis, Steph, KD, and LeBron can. But I think he is better than those other players like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, because he's been doing this these incredible things for the past Paul three George years. Paul George on an incredible run this year. And but it's only one year. And that's what we're talking about this year. Mm-hmm. Well, and well, we're saying, no, we're saying Paul right now. At a we're level saying higher right than we've now. Seen and him. the thing I kind of want to bring up, and I don't want to sound like the get off my lawn guy, but I am here, (laughs) where I just, I feel like also, going back to like Dave said, the injuries that he has, if you are healthy and you can play the fourth quarter, that is to me a slap in the face to that fan base. Like, you know what? So when LeBron's now on a minutes restriction going forward? I mean, I would... (laughs) I mean, no, I'm not even saying then, that I agree with that. That's still in line like, with his his list though, because LeBron's yeah, six. Because LeBron so, is lower Christ. on my list. But I mean, I with AD, it's like we all know that you're injured, as Dave put it with the air quotes for the audio listeners. But it's like if we all know you're healthy and can play that fourth quarter, you blatantly sitting is slapping those fans in the face and being like, you know what, I don't care about this place. Like he said, but well, does that define who he is as a player? We're talking about the best players. I mean, a little bit for me, yeah, best. a little bit for like, me because it's like I want the guy out there that's going to give it it all, give it, it his all for the team. Look at James Harden. Like, James Harden's well, way higher on my list. Yeah, I mean, that changes it too, but I mean, look at me. Zach Levine's not in the playoff race, but he's in my yeah. top ten. Yeah, well, For mean, that reason alone. He, <laughs> well, let's not, he should not be in your top ten first off, but the whole, the whole thing with Anthony Davis is it's been seven years of this mm-hmm. franchise not putting the team, a competitive team around him. And like he said, if AD is supposed to be this top five, top three, top two player, which some people have enough to be, shouldn't he be able to carry that team almost? Like by himself. By himself. Like he, he's in the he, he has he's done that. Yeah, yeah. He has they done that. They won one though. playoff series in seven years. They, okay, but even then, you still look at the year that uh, it was 2014, 2015, where he got swept. them into the playoffs. Curry hit that crazy okay, corner it, three. It doesn't, it <laughs> doesn't remember that. It doesn't matter that he got swept because we look at that team. He, his second best player was like Omir Sheik. Yeah. Like, and they got I mean, the eight seed. Like, congrats. The okay, Turkish delight. He did what he was absolutely <laughs> able to do as a 22 yeah. year old. And I had him at number five last year. Oh, no, I think I had him higher. I don't remember what I had him. You're in four. Four. Oh, that was Ricky. My bad. You had AD. Five. 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 Okay, I'm at five last year. Like I said, it's just kind of the stigma this year rubs me the wrong way with him. But, I mean, if he gets put on the Lakers and he's the number two to LeBron James, he'll probably climb right up the boards again. He'll be top five once again. It just, the whole situation with New Orleans and it's time to rip the bandaid off and just end it. Mm-hmm. But then his role's different. He's not the best player on that team. Well, let's. Yeah, but, I mean, Steph isn't the best, well, isn't the best player on his team. He's still number five. Yeah, I mean, most of us have Steph and Katie in some fashion in our top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move away from Anthony Davis, though. Um, obviously, Paul George is a guy that wasn't on our list last year. He's made his, his way up. I think that's just because, you know, we can write off some of his struggles in the past couple of years to his leg injury and now finally being on the same page with Russell Westbrook and Paul George. We kind of assume that he might be able to take that spot. 
Um, but I want to ask the question of Kawhi versus PG-13 because they're both, you know, great wings who play great defense, can also be, you know, number ones on our team. I had Kawhi above PG. Ricky, you had uh, Kawhi above PG. Um, Dave, you had Paul George above Kawhi. And then uh, Dave, uh, Jake, you had Kawhi above PG. So what was the balancing act and what was the tipping scales for you to put those players over one another? I mean, Kawhi is just more proven to me. He's done it for a longer period of time. He's won a finals MVP. He's won a finals. He's more of a player. If hey, I'm, Paul George has been better than in the past two years because Kawhi wasn't playing last that year. Is, that is true. I'm just saying, again, my top ten players is the way I did it is just literally just the players. And Kawhi is still that guy that he'll give you 25 a night. I know I can rely on him in the playoffs, and he can guard Kevin Durant and LeBron James. And while Paul George can probably guard LeBron and Kevin Durant, I just don't know if he's going to be able to sustain this level for a couple of seasons like Kawhi can. Where's your faith in playoff P hitting clutch <laughs> shots? Well, I mean, Kawhi, what, Kobe the Blazers? Was he that did. it? He, it like, was I mean, that is That alone is like, yes, he can do that. Paul George can't. We saw it live at the UC, yeah. brick. Right. No, I understand that. I'm, no arguments here. But <laughs> I'm going on the old cliche of uh, availability is the best ability. And... Mm-hmm. Kawhi's taken 19 games off this year, I believe. Yeah, he's played 47, the same as LeBron. Yeah, that's that's a bit much. And I get, like, the whole, you know, Popovich style of, eh, we don't need to play him tonight. He can rest on back-to-backs. He can take a day off here or there. Like, that's fine and all, but he's not actually hurt. He's just taking it easy, which I feel like is ridiculous. Paul George is out there, like, doing something that we didn't expect him to do because he's actually the true one on a team with Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. and it's working, and he's having his best year ever. Something that I, I don't think anybody had coming out of the end of last year where he looked kind of like a shell of himself to end the playoffs. Well, I think but it's I, tough. But I just want to ask this. NBA Finals Series, a complete series, who would you rather have, Kawhi or it's PG? It's not the question. No, I know. I'm just I'm asking that question. Like, I know your list went different. I want to ask you that question. Though. I would take Kawhi. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Like, that I, is... To me, of course, our lists I, are different because there was no hardcore rules. I'm assuming he's going to play all seven of those games. I think, mm-hmm. the, but even then, I, I will say it was a tough choice for me to put who, who above. That's why Kawhi seven and Paul George is eight. Well, yeah. well, I think you look at you look it's at the past rules. again. You look at the past two years, um, and yes, throughout his career, Kawhi has done more. He's won the Finals MVP. Um, he's led the Spurs team for for a while now, but. You look at the efficiency this year so far, Kawhi has a higher usage uh, and a higher true shooting percentage, but I think Paul George has been a better defender. Uh, he's yeah. been a th- better three-point shooter, and he's been a better scorer. He's uh, scored, tw- uh, I believe, about like 1.6 yeah. Yeah, uh, points more than uh, Kawhi has, and he's had that availability that yeah. you know Kawhi hasn't. We talk about Paul George's horrible injury, but he's been able to bounce back, and he's played 79 games last year, and I, I don't think he's missed too many games this year. He's right now currently at 60. Um, so he's a guy that's consistently out there and available for you. And Dave, I agree with you that you know the best availability is uh, the best ability is availability. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the biggest difference though is just what they've done in the playoffs. You know, you look at the Kawhi versus Memphis series. That one was huge. Uh, what they were doing against Golden State in Game One before he got injured that was huge. Obviously, his game uh, you know series against Miami uh, when they won the title that was huge. We just haven't seen that from Paul George. But I think if Paul George is able to come in and do that in the playoffs this year for the Thunder, and hell, if he's able to take down the Golden State Warriors as the number one player, I think he's jumping Kawhi Leonard. I mean, a lot of people are talking about him being the dark horse in the MVP race this year. He's number three after Giannis and James Harden. Most people people have... I thought he was going to say Jokic. No, most people have Giannis, Paul George, and then James Harden. Yeah. Which is is ridiculous. I think that shows the level of respect that he's seen league-wide at this point because he is doing something incredible, and defensively, he's just a monster out there. Like, that... OKC Thunder team. Like, when Roberson gets back, nightmares. Mm-hmm. Nightmares. 
They have a. They're gonna have a tough time. They have like I forget, I forget where I saw. They have like the second or third hardest schedule the rest of the yeah. way. And if they have any injuries, they could fall right to that sixth seed. And if they don't have home court for the playoffs, that's it's gonna be tough. Yeah, it's you think that's that's gonna be the their, their biggest problem is they know, need to get they need to get away. home they need to get home court advantage because they're a really good home team. Like I think they're one of the best home teams in the league. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Denver. And, yeah, I, I said one of. I didn't say the best. <laughs> Yeah, Denver goes. I got to throw shots every now and then. Yeah, they're going to lose in the first round or second round. It's all right. Probably so with the Sixers. Um, so <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> let's move into that discussion because that might get a little bit too heated. Um, uh, I have Jokic above Embiid. Uh, Ricky, you just have Embiid out there. Uh, Dave, you have Embiid over Jokic. And then obviously Jake has Embiid uh, over Jokic as well. Why Why am I the only one here? Ricky, defense. what was the biggest thing? Defense, um, one of them. What's the biggest thing that Embiid over Jokic? Because you guys know me. If I am, and this is the only time where it's like I do Sean's of like if I'm building a team who would I want I'm not the first pick I'm making is not a big guy and in this league the only big guy that I'll put in my top 10 but that wasn't your ranking Embiid um was that was that your thought process because that's the first time you said that well for for me that with the big men that's what it played into and like with Jokic I will be honest let's see next year this might be a just one and done season of like no, flashing the pan of like oh it was really good and then he's come down to earth a little bit so we don't know this Nugget team if they're going to be able to be the same team next year I mean of course a whole off season happens and people move and teams get different I mean just ask LeBron James how different is playing in the West compared to the Week East but I mean Jesus. for me it's just most of my guys are non bigs and if I had to pick a big I couldn't in my mind I couldn't justify leaving Joe off the list. And why? Why though? Why, because why could, what to about me, his game? To me, it's like if I, if you were gun to my head, who's the big that you would pick? Joe well, would be the one. Include a big. Because he, I didn't have to, but like he's the one big to me where it's like he can play inside, he can play outside. To me, the biggest question mark for him is those knees. And I mean, but at least he's out there playing all four quarters when he's out there, mm-hmm. unlike AD and like Jokic. I mean, with me, I could have put him 10, but I put Zach at 10 just because I like Zach better than Jokic. So, yeah, about that. I'm disregarding all of the stuff he says about Levine. That's a joke. Um, we did talk, call him the biggest homer because he is. Um, it's a complete homer pick whether he wants to admit it or not. Um, but, Dave, you still put and beat over Jokic. Why? Because uh, he can actually close out games and Jokic can't. Damn. It's, it's straightforward. Jokic is an amazing passer, but he has those games where he's like, yeah, he had a he had an 11, 10, you know, 12 night. I think, like, and it's like, yeah, that's n- pretty cool. I think like you know, ninety percent of the games that I've watched for the Seventy Sixers that are close, it usually ends at a Joel Embiid turnover. So I don't know what you're talking about. Oof. He, he, he I mean, okay, well, okay. Well, we're not going to go there. Well, <laughs> the last two times we were going to play Boston, and he had a game-winning shot. He got fouled both times, and they didn't get called. And the NBA said both times he got fouled after the fact. Yeah, I so, watched one of those. Actually. Yeah, I mean. The whole, the whole thing that comes down for me is I think offensively they both have obviously their huge strengths, and I think it kind of balances each other out. Defensively, in a playoff series, I think when Denver gets to the playoffs, they're going to attack. Whoever, whoever they face, if they have a, a good big man, they're going to attack Jokic the entire series. Who's the, who's the better offensive player? I mean, I'm taking Joe, but Jokic can Jokic, Jokic could do it more as a ball handler, but as a post-up center, big man, I'm taking Joel and beat every time. But that's not all of their offense, and, well, this, that, and, and Jokic is a better shooter as well. Yeah, I know, for right three, now, 100%, yeah. So, I mean, I think if you're you know taking in everything they can do offensively, Jokic is a better Jokic can player. do a little bit more offensively, but when what Joe does, he's probably better at. Like, he's the best post-up center in the league, 
and you don't have a lot Jokic of Jokic is the, like probably the one of the, yeah yeah because he can pass out of like, yeah I know 100% I'm just saying I think Joe his defensive strengths I know defensive rating isn't that big of a difference between the two but in mm-hmm. a playoff series Joel Embiid's going to hold up a lot more defensively than well, Jokic because and he I, can actually switch on pick and yeah, rolls exactly. well, I, and not get abused off he's the not a I agree bear. with that no I, I, I 100% agree that defensively it's not even close but I also think the, the funny thing is like I also defensively think, win shares yeah they're close Jokic. but the, uh, the thing defensive is defensive rating it's super close mm-hmm. and yeah box but that's also minus, just because Denver as a team is great I know uh, defensively like Russell Westbrook has like, Russell Westbrook for his career has like a near like 103 under yeah. uh, defensive rating we don't think he's that great of a defender the biggest thing with Jokic Though is I think defensively Embiid's the better defensive player. Yeah. Offensively, Jokic is clear. The you think better it's like a big offensive. difference offensively. Like yes, I do. You think it's like a big, big difference between them offensively? Yes, I know that Joel Embiid is a better scorer. Um, he has a higher usage, and there's plenty of games where Jokic just does not take shots. I mean, you look last night against the Lakers. I think going into the third quarter, he had one shot. Exactly. Um, but also, he's a guy that does so much for you. And you look offensively, what that team does. They've lost Gary, Gary Harris. They've lost Jamal Murray. They've lost uh, Will Barton. They've lost so many players. Paul Millsap as well. They've lost so many players, and yet this team has been able to keep up their consistency offensively because he is such a leader on that yeah, offensive side. Do you think side. it's him, or do you think it's the coaching? I think like it's Nikola Jokic, because the, big, the, the one consistent for that is Nikola Jokic. Mike Malone can do whatever he wants out on the floor, but Nikola Jokic is setting up Monte Morris in the corner. Like He's setting up Mason Plumlee and uh, Juan Hernan Gomez. Like, hey, at least they have bench wings. We don't have bench wings, so Joe can't do much with our bench. I, I just think that Jokic offensively and as a leader, that puts him over the edge because right now this year, there's a team that's second in the Western Conference and there's a team that's below the Indiana Pacers who are Victor Oladipo-less. Ooh. And I think that's the biggest thing. Is that's, why, that's, why, that's why Jokic, in my mind, is going to you know be closer to the MVP than Joel Oh, he is going to be closer because it's a regular season award. Yeah, but but if, I, but also I think you know you have, you also have to factor in health as well. And you know Jokic, I think the most he's missed in a game uh, a year is nine. Oh, hundred percent. Health, health and, is going to always Embiid be a big, big thing with Embiid. But if you're taking player to player, I think Embiid is the better player right. defensively because I think the defensive. If you're playing one on one, Joel Embiid's going to win. Joel Embiid's going to post I him disagree. up every single time. Really? Yeah. You disagree what? on that? I, I mean, he's going to faster, sw- I, he's I, stronger, he's I, taller. I could be one hundred percent wrong. But I disagree. All right. If it's two on two, I'll take Jokic's team. I say he's a better rebounder. Uh, we'll see. We'll see come playoff time because it's way more. If, if we're he gets lines so much more. If if Joel mm-hmm. had TJ McConnell mm-hmm. and Jokic had Ryan Archidiakono, I would take the <laughs> oh, Archie. You put me on the Archie I take, team. <laughs> I take the Archidiakono Joel and B No, team. no way. Or the, the, uh, no way. The Jokic team. Nope. I no. think that if you're taking, you know, it, I think he makes people. Do we get wait, Do we get Boston Celtics series TJ McConnell or do we get like? <laughs> you just get TJ. Okay, then I'm getting the goat, night so I'm in, taking it. Night in, night out. Uh, let's move now to the, the big thing at hand would be LeBron James. Uh, we all have LeBron number one. Ricky, you have him at seven. What's the thought process there? For me, it's a different LeBron this year. First off, he is human and got injured. Yeah. Um, number two, it's I kind of feel, and yes, the weak East plays into this too, of like, at first I'm like, should I do it? This Laker team arguably is more talented and offensively talented than the team he had in Cleveland, and you can't get to the eighth seed. You can't get. You can't beat the Kings or the T Wolves. Like how often who, have who's we on ragged the same on that? Page as Kyrie Irving. I'm saying offensively. Like and Kyrie wasn't like he was not on that God. team last year. Oh, you're talking about the last yeah, year? Yeah, just last okay. year. Like dude, he he willed that Cavs team to 50 wins, but this one, and I get. He was hurt for some games, but it's like the not being able to get this team to the eighth seed, how we talked about in our Lakers segment, he's obviously like a 
you know what? This is a throwaway season. He obviously doesn't care. He doesn't want to play defense. And to me, it's like, you know what? If you're going to do that, you're not winning my top five this year. And then between him and PG, I was like, well, you know what? They both can't make a final shot. So PG's playing better this year. So I'll put PG ahead of him. I mean, I'm still going to go with this. If you're taking a player to win you a series in the NBA, who are you taking? Kevin Durant, the finals the last two years. So you're talking about the player who blew a 3-1 lead in the conference finals again? And Clay Thompson. Yeah, he also had like not a confident player next to him and Russell. Like once he Uh, got once he got a confident Robin, like he was making shots. And the guy when he had four and the guy I had and the guy who's been as Robin the past two years. Steph. That's the guy I have That's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. So that he has a better teammate? He has the better teammate than LeBron James has ever had. That's why he's better. I mean, when I mean LeBron had Kyrie, he won a finals. Because without Kyrie, he wouldn't have won the final time because he led every single stat in that NBA Finals from points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. The first player ever to do that. He came back from 3-1 against the greatest team of all time. Well, regular, I mean, regular let, season let's wise. be honest. The league was like, oh, you know what? We can't have this happen, so let's get yeah. Draymond Teed so he gets thrown out the next game. Yeah, you know I'm on that You can be on that, Buzz, when he still won no, the I'm, ring. I'm talking about this guy oh, looking guy. at me. I'm, just I'm saying, on that conspiracy theory. I'm just saying, theory. if you are taking me to play, it is this year, I know. Oh, no, and I'll add that in, uh, what, your, what your dad said. He said it, it is this year. Yeah, yeah. And still and if this it is year, based on this year, he, he said he'd take Kevin Durant over LeBron James. And then the guy who's sitting out every other game. No, 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 no. Pause. And then, you're good, hold you're good. on. You, this is a player to win you one series. Who is if, if Kevin they, Durant? If they are playing, and then oh, you yeah, ask me, me, not ask Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. If they, okay, <laughs> wow. Okay, so if, if I need a final shot, I'm taking either play, of them. If you, okay, so if you're no, no injuries, no rest, mm-hmm. no nothing, you get to build a team around one player for for seven games. You're telling me you're taking Kevin Durant and yes. Steph Curry over LeBron? Yes. Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> Probably I mean, the. The best shooter we've ever seen, yeah, and the guy who is eventually going to surpass. Like l- people are going to eventually be like, LeBron is no longer the greatest in the league, and Kevin Durant he's is going to surpass. He's him. been the best player in the no, league for twelve years. It's going to be the same thing as like when Kobe and Michael got old, where it's like, oh, they they were great, but this he has now been surpassed. But still, this year, Wait, did you say Michael is surpassed? <laughs> no, like currently, like when he got to a certain age, it was like. He's still the GOAT, but it's like when he was in Washington, (laughs) we were all like, Michael, just come on. Like, we we get you can ball, but like... Come on, you don't have to play for the Wizards. What? What? Michael Washington? I don't know what you're talking about. You don't, yeah, exactly. Didn't happen. Do you, do you want to touch this argument, David? All? Do you want to touch it, or <laughs> I, should we just stay out it's, of it? It's hot fire, but uh, look, I think LeBron James does everything. Kevin Durant is a better scorer at times. That is the only. That's the only thing I can give Kevin Durant. He's a worse teammate by far, mm-hmm. by by a million million percent. Like you can add that up. I don't care. He's just he's just a terrible teammate. But outside of that, it's just literally. Do you want someone who can do everything great, or do you want someone who can do? Uh, I can score a, a, a smidge better than you, uh, but everything else is worse. Let me let me that, put this. The, the question Jake well, asked was, "Who do I want to build to win the, the series, Kevin Durant?" And let me say this, because um, I think the biggest thing is that. Yes, Kevin Durant has been phenomenal in the past two years. If, if we're talking about in the playoffs, about the seven-game series, remark. Because um, this year, I think that Kevin Durant has been better than LeBron James. But again, I'm not going to ever pass LeBron. The, op- the opportunity to say, if I could have any NBA player on my team right now, I understand that Kevin Durant's playing better than him. I understand that Paul George is playing better than him. I'm not going to pass up the greatest basketball player I've ever seen. 
That's that's the thing in, in my mind. But if we're talking about the seven-game series thing, the past two years, Kevin Durant has played 36 games uh, in the playoffs. He's averaged 28.8 points per game, uh, eight boards, 4.5 assists, shooting 51% from the field, and uh, 37% from, from three. LeBron, in 40 games over the past two years, 33.5 points, nine boards, eight and a half uh, assists, 55% from the field, 37% from three. Um, then the only thing that Kevin Durant has over him is the free throw percentage. Um, but even then, we're talking about Kevin Durant, who's probably the greatest shooter of of his Our generation, generation yeah. um, at least uh, from, you know, forward-wise. Obviously, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are probably better shooters than him, um, at least three-point shooters. Um, I'm talking yeah. this-wise. Yeah, yeah. LeBron James is barely, barely below him when it comes to three-point shooting percentage. 37.9% to 37.6%. And, and look at the looks that LeBron's probably getting compared to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's probably playing on the most, he, not even, he is playing on the most talented team of all time, and he still shoots around the same percentage as LeBron. If LeBron was on that team, it'd be a, I wouldn't say they'd be a better team because Durant fits better, but I'm if saying... any of these top five players were on that team, yeah, they would be Kevin Yeah, two of them are. Yeah, two no, of them but are. but I'm saying, like, you could throw Giannis and Kawhi into that, and Imagine yeah, Giannis they would be up team. there too. Like, I mean, just because, like, no. yeah, he's on the Warriors, but, like, going back, because I liked your question. If you're building a team for a finals, because that means it's not the Warriors, it's I'm building a team, yes, at this year, Kevin Durant would be the guy I pick, based off of, yes, what I've seen the past two years, but more importantly, what I've seen this year as well. If the teams are the same... I think that I, I still wouldn't be able to go away from LeBron James. That's the biggest thing for me, just because then, what he's done in the past. So. I'm going with the guy who's a better rebounder, defender, scorer. Not scorer. He probably wouldn't be a better shooter. But driving to the basket, he probably equals out almost Kevin Durant shooting because no one can really stop LeBron when he's well, going I mean, to the basket. Driving to the basket, you got to go with Zach Levine, right? Also, can we stop the <laughs> LeBron isn't clutch no, narrative? Let's just look back at last year when he hit yeah. the game-winning shot against the Pacers, yeah. that three mm-hmm. in Game 5, and then also the running uh, shot against Toronto to, to win them the game. Like he's He's been able to take big oh, game shots. Oh, you beat the baby dinosaurs. Wow. Like, okay, no, we're, talk, we're, talking about, we're talking about the clock's <laughs> ending and we're trying to win the game. LeBron has done well, that's that. That's what we're all saying about the Warriors rings. whoop de doo you have four All-Stars. You should win the ring. I mean, they should, yeah. and they did. Exactly. <laughs> Is there any other players that we should touch? Uh, like, should we talk about Giannis? Should we talk about Harden? Or do you think LeBron was the way to end it? Could, why do you think? Why do you have James Harden above Kevin Durant? I, it's just it's, a, it's it's valid. I'm just saying. Because he put the team on his back, do. Do you it's, think Kevin Durant could do what he's doing if he was put in the same situation? I know he can't. That's what happened in, uh, look, you, you, we got to watch it with the Thunder. He won the MVP. But do you think, I mean, it's a different team, though, because you look at the, the Robins, I guess, if we say that. Russell Westbrook No, when is Russ more... was hurt, oh, okay. Katie had the team. I understand. Yeah. I was just, did, did I, I think he won MVP that about, year? Was uh, that the year he won MVP? When Russ went down? Yeah. Uh, no, well, Russ went down late in the season. Oh, okay. Uh, so I mean, okay. He's never been fully without um, Russell Westbrook for a large part of the season, like yeah. James Harden has been with uh, Chris Paul. Uh, well, Chris Paul. Paul's back now, but they went mm-hmm. from 14th to fifth. Yeah. Like yeah, with James well, we Harden didn't see that. We didn't see that with Pella. Mello really is a cancer. We didn't see that with Westbrook because he was hurt. I think in March uh, by Pat Beverly, and then obviously missed the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I, I just mean, I, I just don't think that Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's an amazing basketball player. Like they're the we're arguing fucking like centimeters mm-hmm. here in difference. Like there's nothing, but. I just absolutely think James Harden takes over games like no one I've ever seen before. Like it, it goes back to like the Jordan days, but he scores on stupid, absolute stupid volume. I mean, True. it's just anyone who has that level of usage and who can continue to shoot at the rate he is and score at the rate he is and with the lack of calls that he gets. And I know a lot of the refs are garbage to him. I would no. say lack of calls is a bit of a stretch there. No, so the funny thing is, is he gets he gets the calls that he 
shouldn't get with yeah, like the, the that's tear true. throughs. That's true. But the ones where he gets contact in a lane and he can't finish through that and mm-hmm. they just hold their whistle on that, like I, it balances out a little bit, but I still think he doesn't get as many as he could get. So like he puts teams in a really bad position. So Kevin Durant's never gonna get people in foul trouble. He's never gonna change the dynamic of oh, we gotta switch the rotation or we can't have these guys guarding him because of Kevin Durant. No. Yeah. James Harden gets guys out of games. That's his that that I agree with, but like when we're talking about rotations, you need to be clear on who's guarding Kevin Durant. Because it can't be like no, last I, night who's like, you know, you know <laughs> All right, can Larry we not talk about last night? Or whatever it was. I do, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think LeBron's number one, two through four, Harden, Durant, Giannis, Steph, you could put them in any order and you could justify the argument yeah. in any order of those mm-hmm. three. Absolutely. Uh, I think LeBron's Giannis is one. actually like a half step down, though. Yeah, to be fair. no, 100%. But when we talked about this last last year, I think I was I was making the argument that it's LeBron and then there's two spots and then there's Kevin Durant. I think it is closer now than it ever. The, it, yeah, it this ever year it's yeah. definitely good. Last year it wasn't so, even yeah. close. This year it's definitely closer. Right. I, I'm kind of pissed off, though, Jake. You fucked up the Giannis coordination here. Uh, we are we had Giannis at four going across between myself, Ricky, and Sean. <laughs> Last year we had Giannis going across to be like at Sean. eight between Ricky, myself, we, and you. We to be like Sean. So I'm just saying, you know, it was, it was a fun fun line thing. I, well, no, it, it actually works because well, you were there from last year. <laughs> we had the line, yeah. So I mean, but I kind of like it because it, they both go it's up. trending upward. So it so it started this way and then it went up. So it's it's it actually makes a nice little. Fair enough. Shape. I got one question, What's and up? I'm not super high on him because obviously I had him at nine. Yeah. Why no Ky- Kyrie on any of your lists? Because he's literally what Anthony you were complaining about with Anthony Davis. Okay. This team's being hurt, <laughs> and you see that this team without him is literally playing better. I had Kyrie uh, on my list last year, and I think he fell off just because yeah. of the events of this year. I, I had him at ten, and, and Jokic replaced him because I mean Jokic is just and and I guess Paul George did too. He replaced Russell Westbrook, um, and Embiid uh, replaced uh, Dame. Um, but I think the biggest thing, if we're you know talking about the guys who were at ten uh, for me, Embiid versus Irving, I think Embiid makes a bigger impact on his team than. Uh, Kyrie is. If you take if you take Kyrie off Boston, they're still a playoff team and they're still a team that could win the Eastern Conference. If you take Embiid off the the Sixers, I think they're still a very good team. They're making the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be you know. I mean, if Amir Johnson's dropping threes, I mean, especially when Gordon Hayward's hitting over sixty percent, right, Dave? Yeah, yeah. I, is there any magical stat? Is there anybody else? Because I would. Jokic should be at ten on my list. I just did it to spite yeah. you. But is there anybody else that like anybody else had at eleven that like didn't fit in? Because I think we talked about that last. No, time too. my thing. My thing was I had. Um, Dame, yeah, I had Kyrie close. and Dame. They were like yeah. my 11, 12. But I, the, I totally didn't have Anthony Davis on my list because I just like I thought I had him, and I think I got rid of him when I was moving people around. Um, <laughs> no, I think, so I fully, I fully yeah. believe those guys are the top ten players, and there's no argument. Uh, like I can't make an argument to knock Embiid out. I can't make an argument to knock Jokic out, Paul yeah. George, Kawhi. Those are my top ten. For Dame sure, is pretty clear. close. I'll yeah. be honest. I think he's the guy. I, I wouldn't have a problem putting down mine. Who would you knock out though? I AD? bump AD out. Really? Yeah. I, I, I just I, I still don't get the AD hate. The real battle was for me was the Kyrie well, boy, Kyrie Dame <laughs> and uh, Jokic. Jokic would probably be my ten if I wasn't just doing it despite you. Mm. But after that, I think Blake, Kyrie, and Dame are kind of like people wouldn't say Blake, but I think he deserves it. No, I, I I absolutely agree. Yeah. I think Blake is one of the top players in the league, and he's playing uh, amazingly. But he's stuck under a rock in Detroit. So so yeah, I, have, I have two more questions. When is Luca going to be on this list? Oh my God. What year is Luca going to be on this list? Next, Next. year. <laughs> Do you, I almost he's probably my 11 oh god god he's better than Ben Simmons and but, I hate to say it so when's Trey Young gonna be on this list Ricky <laughs> next year no two years <laughs> uh, I mean you really think two years I, th- I was actually asking yeah, you seriously it? when do you guys no, actually yeah. think Luka Doncic can make this list no next year when's the unicorn come back <laughs> oh Chris stops adding that's a good, that's a good point Fred <laughs> yeah I, I don't Luka's probably oh god I don't want to be wrong here next year top 
20 top 25 right now. He is. I wouldn't. Top I don't, 25 is fair. Yeah, I don't know exactly where I'd put him, but I mean, to come in, you have Ben Simmons on your list of 10 last year. Luke is a better player than Ben Simmons right now. So, I mean, he's got to be closer to your list than you think. I think he's definitely the best young player in the league by far. It's not even like a mm-hmm. discussion. And if they get Kristaps back next year, if they can land like a like a Chris Mid or something in free agency, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be scary next year. Final question I had is Jake. This is just pretty much directed at you. Mm. Who is the best uh, on the Sixers? Is it Ben Simmons or Jimmy Butler? Who would be in contention for for the top ten list if you had to, if you had to pick one of them? I think Ben Simmons is better than Jimmy Butler. And so I know that's gonna be get wrong. Hate. I know that's gonna get hate. You can think that, but you. But wrong. again, you, taking into factor, you have you do have to think how young Ben Simmons is compared to Jimmy Butler. He is a lot younger, and he still can. What? I know. I just want to thank you because I've been fighting that Jimmy Butler's not a number one. Yeah, I, he's the fourth uh, best player on the Sixers right now. He's, he is. He's, he's the fourth he's, best player. He's on the not a number one. It is, I've been fighting this for two it is years. Drawn and B, and ben I Simmons, Tobias. Really, he only fought it that one year because after he left the Bulls, like I completely was like, yeah, you're right. He's not a number one. After his time in Minnesota, I was like, yeah, you're right. He's he's a really good player when he's like, I don't know how to put it because in Minnesota he was the. <laughs> <laughs> he was the focal point, and they were good, but they didn't win that in the playoffs. He's a really good, like, he could carry you to regular season high seed, mm-hmm. but in the playoffs, he can't be your best player, and I don't know if he can be your second best player in a playoff series. Look at the last play last night. Oh, yeah. I don't talk he about switches to the seven-footer. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was the play. Mike Scott was supposed to switch, and then there was a guy. No, no, no. There was a guy. There was on the He's bench. On him. You stop Jimmy him. Butler was sitting on the bench there, and he looked at Brett Brown and said, I told you those fucking switches don't work. And so... <laughs> And Mike Scott was, but I don't know. Can we? Okay, this is not the topic, but why in the hell was Mike Scott in the game and Jonah Bolden was sitting on the bench? You miss well, 100% of the shots you don't take. I'll take the foul instead of the easy layup and then the foul. So you just follow, follow him harder? Even then, yeah. put, I mean, TJ plays better defense than Mike Scott. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, they couldn't. They so couldn't put TJ out there because then he might have switched to Rolo, and then Rolo's just going to beat That's you up. He's beating fine. you up all Send night. Send him the free throw line. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. that Brett Brown. I, I have. I have been the biggest apologist to Brett Brown. He is. I'm at the end of my rope here. He just. It makes <laughs> I can't no wait sense. for the uh, the Brett Brown reaction one because even if you have already used your, your patron segment, we're having you. on. You know what's so sad? We're, is we're that calling you up for. He called it a year and a half ago, yep. and we were all like, "You're stupid. You're dumb." And now. <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, well I think you were right. One playoff series lost to the Celtics to go. And, and we're going to have it this year. So, I mean, final thoughts on the top 10, uh, whether it be like, how is it going to change next year? Uh, what young players should we be looking out for? Who's going to be, you know, the closest to falling off? Uh, what are your thoughts? Final thoughts, Dave? I think that uh, I expect guys to be extremely volatile at the bottom half of this. Like, I think Embiid, if he has more knee injuries, he's going to be gone for a long time. He's. He's he's the most likely to drop off this list for me. Yep. Anthony Davis will play a whole season again next year. He'll be fine. Like he'll be back up higher, probably like six ish. Uh, yeah, no, I think Jokic. He's got success around him. Like he's just stacked with one of the best young teams and a bunch of talent from outside shooting. So he's in an awesome position. But I think he can be outshined by people. So my my guys to watch out for are Embiid and Jokic, both potentially falling off. I would say Embiid's probably injury wise. If he's healthy, he's a top mm-hmm. ten player. But Paul George is also one. If he doesn't, I mean, he kept this up for this season. If he falls off next season, he's easily 
slides right off the well, list. What's falling off, though? Because if he falls to, like, 26 or 25 a game, is that, like, falling off? Or is it, it depends just... what other people do. I mean, if Luka comes out and starts averaging 25 a game, yeah. and he, Luka would probably I mean, overtake his spot. Where's Devin Booker at on this list? If you don't even... Even... Oh, my God. If Luka's, Zach Luka's higher there. than Devin Booker. Luka yes. is coming. Plus, that's the debate. Who's better, Zach Levine or Devin Booker? Yeah. Like, that's a legit debate between people. Not... But Luka's coming next year. Not He'll be on my list next year. I just hope next year that we do not see any ridiculous names like Ben Simmons, Clay Thompson, Zion or, Williamson on this list next or, year. Or Zach, Zach Levine. Levine. Uh, is Zion going to be on the list next year? No. Can he come in the league and be a top no. ten player? John Morant. If anything, as he'll a do. Nick, as a Nick, we'll get the shout out. <laughs> if Never it, gonna happen. <laughs> if what anything, he'll do. He'll do. The Knicks will have three players on the list next year: Zion, Kyrie, and Katie. All on the top ten list. And that's where we're going to end it. Uh, it's been another successful top 10 players year. We'll see you in 2021. Let's jump into the last segment. We're going to be talking about the NBA Draft 2019. We've been talking a lot about Zion Williamson, him being the number one overall pick. I feel like it, you know, pretty much 95% of the country think that Zion Williamson is going to go number one. Uh, so let's talk about the guys that could be going number two, the two most popular picks for the second overall pick. It's R.J. Barrett and Ja Morant, the 6'8 forward out of Duke, R.J. Barrett and the 6'3 guard out of Murray State in Ja Morant. So we'll put these two players up like we just did against Sekou Demboya and Rui Hachimura, and we will say who is the better player for that number two pick. Now, it doesn't mean, you know, fit-wise, because obviously if the Suns are there, they're most likely going to be taking Ja Morant because they need a point guard. Uh, if, you know, we're talking about the Knicks, they need R.J. Barrett because they have six point guards, as uh, Jake's dad said uh, a little bit earlier. But we're talking strictly on player basis. Who is the better player? Ricky, I'm going to start with you. Who is the better player in your mind, R.J. Barrett or John Morant? Well, for me, it's easy t- and mainly easy because me and Brandon did a big board, or Brandon and I did a big board last week, and I had Ja at two and then R.J. at three. And for me, the big thing is I'm going to throw it out right away where they both do kind of similar things for me where they can both drive to the basket. They're both three-point shooting is a little shaky. Like they both need to work on getting that percentage up. Here's the one thing that bothers me about R.J. Barrett Mm -hmm. is that Mamba mentality that he talks about. That kind of like, I'm going to get the ball and I'm going to use an example that Jake's dad threw out yesterday while we were at the Bulls game talking about Carmelo Anthony. I'm going to get the ball, I'm going to forget everyone else is around me, and I'm just going to go to the basket. I'm not going to pass the Roach Motel. (laughs) I am not going to pass to anyone. Oh, wait, and if I do, oh, it's a contested shot. Sorry, Cam. I'm sorry it's a contested shot. And for me, I feel like, will he be, yet again, you look at it, similar height, similar stats-ish in college. Mello had more rebounds, but is he going to be the next right. Mello in the NBA? Here's the thing that I, I gotta, think so. Here's the thing that I got to call trash on, uh, is the fact that in the past, past five games mm-hmm. where uh, Zion Williamson has been out, John Morant has shown that he is a very willing passer. I mean, there are Wait, games where he's had— R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. Who did I say? Zion. You said Ja. Or Ja. Oh, yeah, my bad. Uh, R.J. <laughs> I don't know names. I called Dave Jeff earlier. Uh, uh, R.J. Barrett. You mean you called Renee Jeff. I called Renee Jeff. <laughs> I hate you guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> earlier. With the Renee. Yeah. Uh, Renee from Storage Ward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he lost 300 pounds. Uh, that Dave would, Dave would be Renee from Storage Ward. Thank, thank you. It's, it's a great comparison. Show. We, we have never gotten a better pro comparison than Dave <laughs> to <laughs> Renee <laughs> from Storage Wars. 
Um, but R.J. Barrett, I mean, you look at the, the games that he has. I mean, against Miami, he had 10 assists. Uh, UNC had 13. He is a very willing passer. And even in those games, he wasn't turning the ball over at an extreme amount. He was in the uh, in the Wake Forest game. He did have seven. But other than that, like 13-5 to five turnover ratio uh, against UNC. Syracuse, 5-3. to three. Uh, four to four, uh, four to one in the uh, Virginia Tech game. Miami, 10-5. to five, And then 5-7 to seven in the Wake Forest one. That one's the, the worst one. But I still see the willingness to be a passer. I think the biggest thing that he's trying to do is separate himself from Zion Williamson. I think the biggest problem that R.J. Barrett has, um, they both have J's, this me up. Uh, the biggest thing that R.J. Barrett has is the fact that his teammate is overshining him. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be a trouble when you get to the NBA of, you know, does he need to be the guy in his mind to be the most effective? Um, is he going to always be trying to prove himself? But I don't really think, you know, having an, an ego of, hey, I want to be the best player well, is truly detrimental because that's not, what you want in well, your players. I'm not saying the having the, like, I want a player that's going to go out there and say they're the best. But I haven't seen over, like, if you look consistently, yeah, there was a game uh, against NC State where he had 10 assists. That's great. But averaging, he's only averaging four points a game. Where if I look assists. at well assists a game, where if I look at Ja, and of course I know point guard to a wing point in guard. the NBA, I know that there's some people that say, "Oh, RJ can play the point. Just stop it. He yeah. can't." Um, but with Ja, it's like I'm going to get what ten assists. I'm going to get more points than what RJ's getting, and I think I have more faith in. Well, I have faith. I'll say in Ja to develop that three because it's not like he doesn't have the shot because he's shooting 81% from the foul line. I mean, I'm just saying RJ in his last five games shooting that wicked 19% from three on six attempts a game. Uh, That wicked shot. Turns out when you don't have, you know, someone like Zion to pull defense's attention and you're trying to do everything yourself Mm -hmm. hero ball style, you're a shitty shooter, Uh, (laughs) which is what I said is you're a volume chucker, RJ Barrett. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. He's only 18. I know, but that's what he's playing like right now. He's playing like a volume chucker. He's, he's playing like an 18-year-old volume chucker. Sure. It's not saying he's always going to be that way. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's not going to get back to where he was averaging earlier this season, but when he tries to be the one-man team that he is, this is what happens. You you ruin your efficiency. You absolutely suck at shooting threes. <laughs> and like the problem is is he's not slowing down in his shot attempts. You know, he he keeps trying to will his way through it. And I think at some point, you know, Shooter's you're gonna hit gonna there. Shoot. I was thinking the same thing. Oh my god. Shooter's gonna shoot, man. Yeah. I, I wanna re the point that he made is that my biggest worry about RJ Barrett is his free throw percentage. Because usually if you shoot a good enough percentage from the free throw line and you're not a great three point shooter when you're young, you can build on those mechanics that you have at the free throw line mm-hmm. to become a better three point shooter. Just like RJ ben Simmons, right? He's a <laughs> <laughs> difference is difference is is that Ben Simmons is the righty shooting lefty for some reason. At least R.J. Barrett's shooting with his right hand. Oh, with the left hand, but his right hand. His correct hand. Yeah, his correct hand, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, R.J. Barrett just scares me. I mean, well, I'll be the top of the draft. John Morant's obviously the better player. I don't think anybody's really going to debate that at this point. There may be some. Oh, oh, that guy. You like, I honestly take. think I'm going to do it, not just to be the only contrarian here, but sure. looking at the RJ versus Jaw thing is, and you bring up the, the free throw percentage, he's at 65%, which isn't a, a, a massive killer. I think the biggest thing, too, is that he's not really, like, the worst at it. I mean, there's games where he's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he didn't go uh, to the line against Notre Dame, 0 for 1 against uh, Syracuse, 0 for 1 against Stetson, but there's games where he's, like, 3 of 3, 2 for 2, uh, 3 of 4, 6 of 6, uh, you know, 5 of 6, uh, hell, even 7 of 8, 7 of 9, 8 of 9. 
uh, eight to ten. Like there's games where he's going out there and he's he's making it. I think that can progress as he you know ages. I think it's just something where he's a guy that is consistently driving to the basket. He's consistently getting fouled. He plays a very physical game, and I think that takes back from him. So I think that RJ he does have the ability to be a good free throw shooter. He does have the ability to be a good shooter. I think right now there's just a lot of pressure on him. I think there's a lot of uh, eyes on him. Change. And I think that you know maybe it is something that could be a little bit affecting him. But I also think he has you know succumbed that as well um, at, at points, and he's been able to come over those bright lights, and he's been able to put, play um, you know very efficiently in big games. So I think really the the thing that with RJ is is that I don't think he's a bad shooter. I think he has bad form. I think he's just young right now. And I think as time will progress, he will become a better shooter. I think the mechanics are still there for R.J. Barrett. I don't think this is broken mechanics. I don't think this is Josh Jackson levels of bad. I think it's just more of him playing a physical game, and this is that's what's hurting his free throw uh, percentage. And you know, really the threes, he's just not really getting open. There's no ball mover. There's no ball handler that's really getting these players open. And the best passer on his team is him and the guy who's out right now who we're talking about. Is he is, a better passer than uh, Trey? I've not seen Trey Jones as a you know Gross. dynamic passer. So, like, I mean, you see Trey I know Jones. He's known for his defense, but how many times you see Trey Jones come down court and hand R.J. Barrett the ball? <laughs> I mean, that's sort of his game plan. <laughs> but is that his fault or no, is it's, that Duke's coach? It's but but you want coach, the, don't you give the ball to your best passer? No, you give the ball to your best player. Yeah, and I, I that's mean, that's what they're doing. And that's the thing where that's I mean, the problem. They're not necessarily. Exclusive. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about Coach K's goal is to win games. Yeah, and even with Trey Jones too, it's even if he is the best pass on the team, he's not like you know Trey Young levels of passing Mm -hmm. where they're hiding these great abilities. He's not like a Steve Nash level passer. He can be a good good facilitator, but I still think that the biggest thing is that defenses aren't drawn enough away from RJ Mm -hmm. where he's getting open enough shots, and a lot of them are contested because there's a lot of times he'll just walk up. Uh, mm-hmm. With a guy on him, and he'll fire threes. He's taking ill-advised shots a, a, a lot in college, but that can always change. Is it bad that when Dave said Trey, I thought Trey Young? I was like, what? He's better passer than Trey Young? What are you talking about? Absolutely. You want, do you want to know a funny coincidence that feeds into my mellow comparison even more? So think back to the 2003 draft. You ready for this? Who went number one in that draft? The guy you put seventh. Yeah, LeBron James. <laughs> Who's going to go number one in this draft? The guy that I said will be probably the best player and more most phenomenal player that we've seen since LeBron James. I've made that comparison on the podcast. If Ja goes two and RJ goes three, Jake, who went three in that draft to the Denver Nuggets? Oh, Carmelo Anthony. It could so play you're saying out the John same Moran way. Is Darko Milicic? No, that's the only thing. I don't think we have a Darko type. Well, I mean, if that's well, you're a, comparing those drafts. If that's the case, and we're talking about John's going to get a ring before Zion player, or RJ. And I think people most likely see Murray State as an international college, mm-hmm. um, with how you know unknown it is. So maybe, I, I think maybe, that, but then Ja gets a ring before both of the Duke boys because Darko got a ring before. Mello and LeBron. Yeah, and if you're ranking the top ten players from the you know two thousand three draft, some would say that Darko Milicic. Um, I, I think <laughs> that that joke is like so old, eight years old at this point. It is very old, and uh, no you and I are probably it. the only yeah. ones in the room I, that get it. I think what we should go towards five. is what are <laughs> what are the positives and what are the negatives of each player. So let's start with mm-hmm. with RJ since we've been talking about him a lot. What are the biggest positives that, that you guys have seen? If, if you guys just want to throw one positive out each, what's the biggest really positive you've seen of R.J. Barrett? You don't see any positives. No, I, see, I really don't yeah. want to throw one out there. He's, oh, an, he's an above-average slasher. Okay, above-average slasher. I would say the same thing, but differently. The way he could get to the basket, it's like that is a useful tool. Like, I think back to 
yet again, as a Bulls homer, I'll bring it up, one of the best things that Derrick Rose was able to do, get to the basket. And I know that it's a different NBA than than when Derrick Rose was shining, but even look at the game we were at yesterday. Zach Levine didn't pop up for three. He drove to the basket, and R.J. Barrett can get to the basket and probably do the same thing. The difference is Zach Levine can make his free throws at the end of the game. Yep. Can R.J. Barrett make the free throws at the end of the game? But that can always change. Yeah, that can completely so, change. But we've been saying that could change for Ben Simmons for sitting that second yeah, year but here. One but guy can actually shoot the ball and make a three true. and isn't afraid true. and petrified well, to take to a three fair, when R.J. Well, to be fair, Ben shot 33% from three in college because he went one for three. So... <laughs> He does so got that actually, going for him. Actually, he did make one in college. But even then, RJ still has a higher three-point percentage yeah. with you know Ben's three attempts. Um, you gave one, right? No, you haven't given one. No, I just said I didn't really want to. Give uh, one. <laughs> average uh, passer? He, 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 no, for a wing, I think he's an above-average passer. Yeah. He absolutely is. Uh, that's one of the things that, at least, like you said, he doesn't like to pass, but he is capable of doing it. And right now we're seeing that uptick in his assists per game as he's being asked to do more with Zion out of the game. So, yeah, he can run an offense to some extent. I, I still think decision-making is still a question, uh, especially with his shot attempts uh, or his quality of shot that he's taking out there. But at the same time, he's 18, so, like, how high of an expectation do you yeah. want to put on these kids? But if, if I have to nitpick, like, that, that's where I would say, like, at least you're doing that very well for your age. Yeah. The thing that I like the most about RJ, and, and I think this kind of comes out as, you know, a negative for Ricky, is that Mamba mentality, that idea of being the guy. Mm-hmm. I really love that, that he can, he can take over a game. And I'm not saying that you know Ja doesn't have that because Ja is currently pushed. Ja is and, that guy. But he's currently forced into that that situation mm-hmm. where you know RJ's playing with three other top ten uh, top recruits uh, out of his class. Ja Morant really is the best player and Ooh. it's clear on his, his team. RJ is taking that that notice. And also the biggest thing too with, with RJ that I love is his finishing at the rim. Mm-hmm. He can finish like nobody else in this class. He's finishing 64.5% at the rim, and that's on 192 attempts. He can drive to the basket like you guys were mentioning. He can slash, and he can finish. And that's something that I think that will be able to tr- transfer to the NBA. And if people are respecting that ability to drive, they might play off of him. And I think you know RJ Barrett with an open three can hit it. So I think offensively, at least scoring-wise, he is the best scorer in this draft. Um, and I think he, that's going to you know, transfer over to the NBA because he has that mentality to say, I can get a bucket well, whenever I want to. And so I, I think that his scoring mentality and his scoring package is not touched in this class. Right now, like, I see it as a negative, but it could turn into, like, I was reading a SB Nation mock, and they say, like, that Mamba mentality is both a blessing and a curse because h- having it isn't the bad part. It's... Being too much of that Mamba mentality is the bad part. It's all about, like, what they say. Oh, everything's better in moderation, right? You don't want to be too much to one side or the other. And, like, a few things that I think about is, number one, think about the guy that we compare the Mamba mentality to in Kobe Bryant. He was a guy that shot over 80% from the foul line. So if RJ can bring that free throw percentage up, then okay, then it might not be a bad thing because you're getting to the line by driving to the basket. But also, I know these are big shoes that I'm putting in. I'm not saying RJ's going to fill these, but like even a guy like Michael Jordan, who is a guy where it's like, hey, I have a little bit of that, I'm the best player, I'm going to win the game for my team, still in big moments. I'm going to pass it to John Paxson. I'm going to get it to Steve Kerr in the corner. Mm-hmm. Knew when to get it to different guys when he wasn't going to be able to get that shot and wasn't going to force it 
rather than, hey, this guy's wide open. I will just say you criticized LeBron for that last year. Yeah. <laughs> for getting it to George Hill under the I was going to say, yeah, that's what, that's what the whole argument comes down to is do you think that RJ can make <laughs> – I mean, Steve Kerr. <laughs> Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr's in a different level than George Hill. Yeah, yeah three-point shooting out. It's, it comes down to me, do you think RJ can make people around him better more than Jock can? And I don't think he can. I don't think he's a good enough passer. I don't think he's a good enough shooter from the outside to make people around but, him better. But what are you saying that, you know, is it just the assist numbers that you're saying Ja is making his teammates better? Because we still don't know no, any of the, no, his, no, his teammates' names. Yeah, no, like, I know. Like, I don't true. think if anyone could give, name me a, Mur- a Murray State player outside of John Morant, I'll give you 20 bucks. Yeah, well, don't Google it. Not, not, not chance. <laughs> so I mean, that's the thing is like, yes, he he is. You know, he has eleven point six assists. Um, I could see your screen, Ricky. Um, it not. says Murray State basketball. Um, no, but I should just Murray State. Murray State. <laughs> I, I just think the biggest thing is that like, you know, we haven't seen John Morant do that. And then if the lights get too bright for him, um, like, is he going to be able to, you know, shine well, like he has? And some of the big games, we'll take this step back. When Jones went down against Syracuse, RJ shot eight of thirty, and his team lost because of that. So it. Even when the shine light shines bright on him, sometimes he doesn't perform as well. Okay, but then even then against the Syracuse, the first game that was prime time, that was where, where yeah. college game day was going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of Bayheim's, you know, uh, well that was second game. That was second game. But no, they were going to go to Syracuse, and yeah. then Bayheim had the that was the yeah, accident. that was yeah yeah. I'm talking about the game before that. They played before that too. When Zion played, no, but I'm I'm saying like I'm saying in this game, like to counter that your point oh, about okay, that yeah, one, yeah. he came back and went fourteen to twenty. So yeah. yes, he can be massively inefficient, but he can also be extremely <laughs> efficient and score thirty points. And they won that game against Syracuse. So he's just wildly inconsistent as a scorer. That Tim Hardaway. <laughs> I don't think he's Tim Hardaway. That junior. Um, I, I, junior. I don't think sorry. it's. I think that, yeah, that's probably one of the bigger knocks, and we can go into negatives now. Um, The inconsistency is huge, and I think that's probably the biggest thing for me. Um, But I don't think he's inconsistent at the good thing he's great at. He's great at driving. He's great at scoring. It's just when he gets too confident, and he's like, all right, well, now I'm going to take, you know, six threes in a game and miss all of them. I'm going to, you know, take these mid-range jumpers that, you know, are just, you know, that are still contested, that are, you know, just horrible shots early in the shot clock. Like, that's something that he's inconsistent inconsistent with. He doesn't have a consistently great shot selection, but when he does have a great shot selection, he can be extremely efficient and dominate a game. That's yeah. that's my that's my plus for, for and my negative for R.J. Barrett would just be his shot selection. What would be the negative for you? Would just be inconsistent, inconsistency no, I, in general? I, I, it's, the, it's the shot selection. I'm on the same boat. I, I mentioned it earlier. It's just he... His offensive IQ as far as running a team, mm-hmm. like he has those moments of like, okay, he totally gets it. He knows where he's going with it. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, you got the ball. There's about 15 seconds left on the clock and you're jacking up a three contested for no reason. Like literally no reason. Like, mm-hmm. What are you doing out there? Um, and it's incredible. He's allowed to do that. He's got, he obviously has given the leash to do whatever he wants to uh, at this point in time with that team. But I, I still think that he has a long way to grow from a basketball IQ standpoint. Um, I'm not saying he can't, and that's the thing. Mm -hmm. I've just been going back trying to find other wings taken in the top five who are shooting, you know, close to where he is, you know, that below 70% from the free throw line. It's not great company. Um, (laughs) So I don't know how that bodes for him, but obviously he's he's not any one of those players. He's R.J. Barrett. He's not, you know, Mm -hmm. Andrew Wiggins or uh, anyone in Mm -hmm. that kind of ilk. But the thing is, like you said, he can slash excellent. He can defend decently. I, I just... I don't know that there's any there's enough there for him to be in the same category as John Rand. You said below seventy percent from the foul line. Correct. Okay, so it's close. It's right at seventy. But the guy I mentioned earlier in college was forty nine percent from two, thirty three from three, a flat seventy, just like point six over seventy. Carmelo Anthony. That to me, 
I'm going to say it again. But they're different players. Are they, though? Like, I mean, yeah, in college. RJ's more explosive. I'm saying and, and, and Carmelo had more of a, an old man game coming in. He was he did a lot of post up, posting up. But he had a lot he had a lot of mid range game. I'm I think saying that RJ makes more of his money driving to the back. But when you look, ever had, but ever when did. you look at it, there's still guys that are going to get you around 22, 23 a game. The but only difference you can't base is it off stats. No, no, no. But the play style. What I'm looking at is yes, he can drive to the basket more. Yeah, but that's it. no, it's not more. Even, that's what he does. Carmelo but, did not do that. Carmelo wasn't that guy. Yet again, like and that. Different NBA. And sure. to me, when I say that's his floor, to me, it's like what Dave said, where it's like Mello, I would say, is a guy who, did he really make his teammates better? Never. Did he? No. And that, to me, if RJ comes in and doesn't work on a three shot, get a better um, free throw shot, he's going to be a Carmelo Anthony to a team where it's like, man, he's a good, like, he's a, he's the one of this team, but he's not making this team any better. And that's what I mean by that comparison. Not that they're the exact same, because obviously it's different NBAs as well. This was, what, 2003 to 2019. A three ball got invented, apparently. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that, that didn't happen during that time. <laughs> Jake, you know, yeah. uh, where do you land on RJ's weaknesses? Like, do you think that there's just so many holes in this game? Like, we get it. He's still a top, you know, four pick. Yeah, but, you're nitpicking at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think RJ probably has the higher floor than Ja. And I don't think anybody's going to argue that. I think he'll find his way in the NBA no matter what. I just think RJ lack of consistency shooting from the outside is going to be his downfall. And I know that people can last just driving like Ben Simmons literally does not do anything else. But I don't think RJ is that much. I don't think RJ, I think when he gets to the league, he's going to struggle to drive as well as he is in college. And it's not going to be too much of a, like I said, he'll find a way in the NBA. But he has out of these top four, top five guys, he's the one that scares me the most. Is because while I know I'm going to get an NBA player out of him, I don't know if RJ Barrett has that enough of that potential where I think he can be the building block of an entire team. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I'm, it, I'm setting you up for this one because I know you want to oh. answer it. Would you take him over Cam? No. <laughs> you wouldn't take him. I wouldn't take RJ Barrett over Cam. No, I, I think because um, you you said that early in the season. So what's changed? Is it just Cam's? No, I said I never said that I would take RJ over Cam. I've been on the Cam train the entire time. Uh, so you would take Cam over RJ? Oh, yeah, sorry. My I bad. I, I, I heard the question. Yeah, yeah. I would take Cam over RJ. I just think um, all, it has to do with fit, obviously. But if Cam is that guy that I think he has the highest floor, besides the Z word, he has the highest floor out of the next three guys. The Z word. I'm not saying it. And he, he just, I think Cam, I know he struggled catching shooting this year. I, I understand that. But he has the mechanics. He has the big body to be a good defender in the NBA. And I think he fits that exact mold of a 3 and D player that you want in today's NBA. One thing that I'll throw out, and this is this is something that is a negative. Um, I looked up players on college basketball reference. It's free throw attempts over 180 um, and a free throw percentage that's a 60 or above that players, a freshman averaging 20 points per game. Uh, there's 22 in the history. Um, yeah. RJ Barrett is dead last when it comes to free throw percentage at 65.9%. Uh, Sharif uh, Abdul Rahim, who was who played uh, very well when he was a, a pro, was a guard though. Um, he shot 68.3%. Some guy named Allen Iverson uh, shot 68.8% from the free throw line his college year. And then it's Larry Hughes, Carmelo Anthony, uh, DeAndre Ayton's up there, Chris Humphreys, uh, Rodney Stuckey, Michael Beasley, and then you move up the list. The players do get better, like Kevin Durant, uh, Eric Gordon, Trey Young, uh, Kevin Martin. Some it guys it like almost that. comes down to like. And I have the same like thought about Ben Simmons. Like, great, you can drive, but what good does it do that when you drive and you get fouled, you struggle from the free throw line? It almost counteracts your positives in your game. So if he could produce even 78%, 80% from the line, I think he'd be 
clear, almost clear cut number two. But I, he just, it just rubs me the wrong way, and I don't know really how to explain it. It just when your game, whole game and your big strength in your game is to drive to the basket, and you can't make free throws, it just, it just kind of. There's something me. not matching. Up Twenty-one, there. Yeah. and your voice is still cracking. <laughs> well, and that's why, like for me, why if I was at two. Almost fit be damn because like I mean unless I'm the Knicks where I have eight I would guards still take anyways. Screw it. Um, I say I yeah. wouldn't. Why not? <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. Would. I already have what two or three point guards. You'd still be your best player. Yeah, but I don't need that many point guards on my team. Um, but you for got me, contracts can be moved. The reason why no, I think no. <laughs> the reason why I think Jazz the better player in my mind and and is the second overall prospect is because he can drive to the basket. He already shoots over 80% from the line, so I feel like because he's got that shot, that can translate to him working on a three ball. Already has it. He has assists. Well, he's shooting 34% from three. He's got to improve yeah, but, it. Well, but but to, to counteract that, the big thing that Dave and I were saying last year with, yeah. with uh, Luka Doncic, and I know it's different mm-hmm. different games. He was playing in EuroLeague, and that's much better competition. Mm-hmm. But everyone was looking at Luka Doncic as a 30% shooter from three, and everyone's like, yeah. oh, that's not going to translate. Or, or he was going to be a bad three-point shooter. He was shooting 81% from the line. That's why we're like, that's his saving grace. And he's come over. He's been and fi- I'm just uh, saying, apparently he's a step back guy. Uh, he's going to find a good three-point shooter. If he can hit threes at the next level, he'll be fine. To me, like, the only two weaknesses I have for Ja are the question about his three-point. Like, if he can come over and hit threes from the NBA level, cool, you're good. Number two? Turnovers. He averages five a game, so just bring those down, and you'll be good. I think that the player that we can compare RJ the most to would actually, weirdly enough, be Luka Doncic. I know he's not as good as a passer. He's not as crafty as a passer. He's less. He's less athletic. <laughs> um, but but right now, I mean, wait, you, can't, wait, you can't. You just said you can compare him to him, but he's not athletic. Well, no, not I'm, saying, passer, I'm saying. Not like, good to I'm saying like. Wait, like, you say RJ's more athletic than Luca, right? I just want to Yeah, yeah. RJ's, okay. more, RJ's yeah. more athletic. In that case, we're comparing uh, again, me to Michael Jordan, right? Pro, hey, pro comparisons suck. Um, <laughs> That's but, true. like, they're, they're both bigger body guys. They both can drive to the rim. They both can take a shot. But one thing that RJ has not been able to do is been consistent from the line. And I don't think he has a broken shot at all. And, you know, Luca coming over, he's been taking harder blows. He's been taking harder shots. He's become a worse free throw shooter. He's shooting 71.8% from the line. So I think the thing that I'm saying is that the Wait, young, he's shooting what from the line? 718 Yeah, okay. Um, That's still 6% higher? Okay, but it's also near the same amount, and also yeah. Luke is a better shooter. Yep. I never said that no, no, RJ Barrett's a better shooter, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's still not where you want to be. Right. When you're when you're an NBA <laughs> pro, you want to be near 80 or above. Um, you try to be, yeah. I oh, think yeah. The, the thing that I'm trying to say, though, is they're both good at you know making their moves and going to the bucket, and I think what the Luke's biggest hurt is is that he's not conditioned enough to make it deep into games and last that, I think RJ just has a ton on his shoulders to score as much as Luka is, is looked to in Dallas, and that's why the, the free throw percentage is lower. I think if he had a lesser role and he was driving and, and getting hit and you know taking less hits and going to the lane, he'd be near a 75% shooter. Wouldn't it be great if there was like a second you know, top three player on that team who could help split that load for him? I don't, I don't know. That's just something I thought about. What are you talking about? That, that Cam Reddish hasn't stepped up? Uh, the, the, is that what you're talking the, about? The, like, the what, what's, what point has, are you trying yeah. to make up? Yeah, that Cam Reddish sucks. You're like, literally saying that he is—he doesn't have anybody else, so he has to do it all on his own. And I'm like, they've got Cam Reddish. Like, he's still something. He's still a good shooter. He's still their best three-point but shooter. Again, I, and I think that's a, again a knock on RJ is the fact that he's not getting everybody involved enough. Um, I think that would probably be the biggest knock to him is that he's not 
a guy that's getting everybody involved, not using the players that he has around him. Again, I'm yeah. not saying he's a perfect prospect no. or anything like that. We'll talk about John ja- ja Morant, his positives and negatives. I just think the reason why I would take RJ, if we're just basing this solely off a team that's being built from scratch, is that you look at how dominant wings can be in the yeah. NBA. We look at the list that we just made, and the only guard that's up there is Steph Curry because he's the greatest shooter we've ever seen. True. So I think that the biggest thing that RJ has on his side is the ability to get to the bucket, score, and do that at, at, a, at a very crazy pace. He's not in, he's not consistent yet. He's not consistent like Kevin Durant was in college, yeah. but he is a guy that has had those games and has had those sparks that have transcended. And I also think it's a weak draft class. Yeah, I so mean, he can it, walk in and drop like 15 and 5. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's definitely not a doubt and for he can, me. And he can have horrible, he can have horrible, 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 yeah. uh, uh, what's it called, splits. He yeah. can he can be shooting forty percent from the, the I mean, field. I mean, Kevin Knox had better stats as far as percentage like uh, efficiencies a, in mm-hmm. college. He so. was shooting like seventy seven percent from the, the the line last year. Yeah. Um. But so but yeah. But he was also taking only like four attempts from a game where are just shooting like uh, six. Um. Let's move to Ja though. What's the biggest positive from Dave? I mean, he he's a do it all. He literally can do it all from an offensive standpoint. He is the best point guard in college basketball. He's one of the best scorers. He gets to the hoop so easily. Uh. He. I mean, field vision is amazing for him. He's playing a team with nobody's, like you said. Mm-hmm. Literally can't name a single player on that team, but he's still getting 10 assists a game. He's being asked to do everything to make that offense work, and he's he's responding to that level, and that's the coolest thing is, you know, he grew his game. He's a second-year player in college, which is rare to have at number two in the draft, in my opinion, uh, at this at this day and age. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the, the most impressive thing. We've seen the growth out of him already. If he continues on this track, he's he's set up for an incredible success. Free throw shots there from the field. He's closing at a good rate. Uh, the the biggest thing for me that it comes down to is just he has the ability to elevate his game up. And when you guys are talking about, I don't know if he'll be able to, how will he react to the limelight? How will he be able to you know accept the level of challenge of the NBA games? I don't think that there's going to be any problem there. I think that he's a guy who you put the lights on, he gets better. I, I absolutely believe that. For me, the only questions is, like I said, can he, like I said, shoot? The three mm-hmm. in the NBA. Well, let's see. In, in one the year, he went up uh, 4%, no. and he doubled his attempts. And, and that's great. I want to see that the next level. And then just bring down turnovers. Like, the whole limelight thing that you're talking about, I have no question I, about I that. I don't think he's – he's not saying that he's he, he expects him to be a bad – Three-point shooter. It's the same thing that I'm it. trying to. Yeah, same yeah. thing that I'm trying to say with Culver was yeah. that I wanted to see him shoot more threes because mm-hmm. I want to see if those percentages are truly accurate like, right. to what he is. So I think that Ricky saying that he's not going to be a great three-point shooter or he has questions about him being a mm-hmm. great three-point shooter in the NBA is fair. He's not saying he has no shot of it or there's mm-hmm. no numbers that could lead to it. But so far, his numbers aren't extremely impressive. They right. could be better, and it's wondering, you know, is this one year and he's just playing against poor competition, or is this truly who he is? It's just a question. I think it is a fair question of being 34% from the line. League there average are... is 35 point something. I mean, it's not that big of a leap. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, as That's a point card, and we're talking league average. Yeah, and he's not like, far below. And there but is... also, it's gonna you're you're moving back. It's not mm-hmm. like this is the same three point line. It's not the same competition. Yeah. So shooting 34 percent against this competition at a shorter length, that's something that is a question because when you Luka. have to step it back, Luca was nearly at a shorter length, but it, it's it's longer than the college. It uh, three euro. The, I thought they were the no, same. No, the, Euro, the euro is longer than the college three. It's not longer. It's not as long as the NBA one, but it's very. They're close. both shorter. Okay. Um, the the Euro league that Luca was playing in was longer. Than the college one, so I mean, I think I think your questions are fair. There's a reason for me why, as a Bulls fan, 
I either want Zion or I want Ja. Yep. Like, and it, yeah, has a little bit to do if we could use a point guard. But if I didn't think Ja was good enough at number two, I wouldn't be really being like, hey, if we don't get Zion, Ja's the guy I want. I think the biggest question that I have for him, mm-hmm. and I, I think the the positives are all there. Because even By when the way, we got a comment. It's me on the big board. Ja over RJ is blasphemy, apparently. <laughs> <Wow>. I think <laughs> the biggest question for, for, for Ja would just be, I think the people from the outside would say it would be the turnovers. Yeah. But the one thing that I counter that to, the only time that he's he's only had two games where he's had more turnovers than assists. Um, so when he's moving the ball, he's trying to get it to spots. He does turn the ball over a lot, which can be a problem. But when he's doing that, he's more likely to be a plus player than he is a negative. I just question, can his actual scoring transfer over? Can he be a 24.1-point scorer a night? Like, yeah. what, what's his ceiling scoring-wise in the NBA? Oh, he, because he's, he's, he's a great he's a passer, Iverson. but... Like he has, a it's similar, a high comparison. You said, you Whoa. said, see, I, I'm sorry, that was ceiling. Whoa, ceiling, I just, I, I don't know. I, yeah. what, what are the expectations? That's a ceiling. <laughs> what are the expectations for him to be a scorer? I'm just saying, I, 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 the rest can of he team, be a 20 point scorer? He, he's up there with 10.3 assists. The next guy on his team has 2.4. Like mm-hmm. that, that, that's why the assist turnover ratio is as bad as it is because mm-hmm. it's always going through his hands. So when you have teams like Duke, where you have three guys who have over three assists a game. So there's no negatives. It's almost like James Harden. No, there's, of course he's six. He's the greatest player to ever come. He's six three. Like he is a short point guard. His defensive effort is questionable at times. At no doubt, like he does not try on defense because he's like completely wiped out running offense. So yeah. So you're, you're, you're even excusing one of his deficiencies. I'm I'm explaining <laughs> it. I'm not excusing it. He doesn't try it. on defense all the time. So he's the James Harden of the college. That'd be cool. Just does everything from the James Harden stand himself. <laughs> That'd be cool. Who would you take then, Trey Young or John Morant? Because both guys don't try defensively, Ooh. or you know, Trey Young definitely doesn't try. Trey Young's Trae shot Young though takes, is so good though. So who would you take? Uh shit, that's tough. Careful, <laughs> he's that's gonna tough. go crazy. Like I want to go Trey Young, but uh, just because it would make Ricky happy. Yeah. I think I have to well, go. Well, just John to frame Ray. it, because you, you, I, I really haven't heard like yeah. a big negative for John no, Ray coming for you. So I just, he, I just... he is not good. He's only six three. He's not. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Trey Young's six one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you would say so. you would say that the if you're, yeah, RJ is at least if they're in the, RJ is at least average on defense. Like he's not a bad defender. But if you're saying you know, I'm trying to place him in last year's draft. So you would say if 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 we're putting point guards up because that was a great point guard class. Yeah. that he would be below Trey Young. The difference is Trey Young's year younger. So okay. I think I might. But strictly skill wise, what would you say? Damn, that's Trey Young's probably a better. Trey Young's yeah, definitely Trae a better Young's passer. Right. Yeah, he's better shooter. Yep. Is he better go, at making people around him better? That's the question. I would go Trey Young. Okay. I'd probably still okay. go with Trey Young. Just yeah. a He's proven too. He's proven too. That's probably yeah. that helps a lot. Um, if you ask the question in a year. Yeah. What are, What are the biggest positives and, and negatives for John Morant in your mind? Just do it all. I mean, do it all. And I think defensively, once he gets to the NBA and maybe he's on a better team, he'll improve. I just think. Um, like talking about the Knicks, if John Morant's there, you take him. I mean, he's automatically the best player on the team. Let me ask you: this. Is Dennis Smith Jr. your plan for the next ten years? Because so what I do take a point guard every two months. And yeah, the last one I get will never listen the in the future. Listen, Frank is not working out. I mean, he's never gonna get an offensive game. That one, that one's that boat has sailed away. I can live with Dennis Smith. We need another inefficient people. point guard who can't we knew make people. This was never going to be the answer because you can't be seven foot three and ninety pounds and run up and down the floor eighty two times a year. It's not going to work. Jake, you're also forgetting. I mean, you got Dennis Smith, Frank, Kyrie's coming over, and then oh, you're going to yeah, draft John. You're right. You're right. Never mind. Like, that's way too many point guards. Yeah, but then the, the, here, here it comes. You ready? You get Kevin Durant, you get Kyrie, you draft John, you trade it for Anthony Davis. You All got right. your big three. Well, here's the final question. Then, 
Does it does fit matter with a second overall pick? No. Does does it matter in your mind, Dave? So not, or not is, it clear, is any no. team going to take John Morant? I, I, I think they're no. I, I actually think it's probably like eighty twenty BPA because uh, you had John Morant in our last mock draft falling to four. Right. That's because he's on the Bulls. That's what they. I know. They didn't deny it. I know. Well, but why would the Hawks take him? True. And again, I think the only two teams who would take him like reasonably are the Suns and the Bulls. Yeah. I think the Knicks is a toss up. If the they, Knicks, if they I truly believe, matters. what's up? So you're saying fit matters though. to some extent? Yeah, I think it. Yeah. I think it does level. I in there. think the Knicks are the only team where fit really matters because, like, if I'm at two, Zion goes one. If I'm the Knicks, I ain't taking Ja. I'm going Cam or RJ, whichever one the Knicks like better. So you can have another wing who can't score efficiently, and you have Dennis Smith Jr. next to him who again can't score efficiently. It just doesn't. It, it just doesn't work. The Knicks are like stuck in purgatory where you have Dennis Smith Jr., but he's not a franchise point guard. Mm-hmm. He's a good point guard. He's probably an NBA starting point guard, but he's not going to be the best player ever on a good team. Not the second best player. But I don't need him to be the best player on the team. You're not getting. Kyrie and Dennis Smith Jr. next to each other. Good lord, that defense would just get torn apart. Like, and then you got Kevin Durant. He's not playing defense during the regular season. It's just, it. If you're if the Knicks are there too, the only team I agree is the Hawks. The Hawks don't take you. Well, Trey Young, you don't need them. I, I think fit does matter because again, if the Suns or Bulls there, it's clear it's John Morant. Yeah. If the Hawks are there, it's clear it's not RJ Barrett. But if it's any other team, like if it's the Cavs, if it's the Cavs, I do not. I think it's. I think it's a question mark. Hawks can yeah. look at Cam. Just. Cam, Cam, Cam on the Hawks could be a possibility. What's that? Oh, Cam I, could take. I'm but, just saying. But, oh, wait, wait, so you're saying if it's RJ versus Cam, that's a question. I'm saying if the Hawks aren't going to take Jaw, Cam would be a pretty good fit with Atlanta. Just, and then Memphis, that. obviously, yeah. if they get. I mean, this mm-hmm. this year is going to be super volatile with like the new draft odds. So if Memphis gets bumped up to number one, Atlanta's yeah. in number nice. two, I should say. Dave keeps saying that it's going to stay chalk. Yeah, <laughs> I, there is zero. I I think isn't that what happened? Isn't that what happened when we got Ben? There was no change at all. I think it, it was the exact I think so. Exact no, it was Markel. Oh, that was we Markel. talked about this yesterday. Okay, yeah, Markel was the the one that there was no no change at all. Yeah, we talked I think about this with my, um, Mike Two K. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you guys didn't change because you guys were still the number yeah, one. Then pick, we but trade, I think other things then we changed. Trade up to get my, I just can't with um, that. Just, you know. Final thoughts: RJ versus John Morant. You're obviously the biggest. Just clear. Just clear answer unless you have a point guard already. It's, it's that easy. Ricky, we'll go to you first. I've said it once. I'll say it again. Ja will provide. I just think that Fitz clearly... <laughs> Fitz clearly ja will provide. <laughs> Fitz, Fitz clearly... <laughs> Fitz clearly going to matter. He says it like almost every podcast. Uh, Fitz going to matter, I think. Uh, but if we're saying strictly fresh team, fresh slate, I might take... I, I would probably take RJ Barrett. Big board? Him. Would you put him... Uh, Above him on on your own big board. I know you, I know this isn't that show, but I think if we're saying big board, then that's what that's exactly what big board is. Is if it's yeah. if it's a fresh team, it's R.J. Barrett. Okay. Um. So that's what it is. But mock drafts Blast obviously going to differ, and we're going to no, see that next week. Wings are um, super important. No, yeah. And we're going to bring that up Wangs. next week as uh, we have our yeah. mock draft 3.0 coming up. But Jake, I'm going to give you the at least end of the podcast to say whatever you want, whether it be on R.J. Barrett, whether it be on John Morant, whether it be on your time in Chicago, whether it just be <laughs> some final thought you have I don't want to talk NBA about yesterday. Or the 76ers. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday ended after the dinner. just kind of blacked out. I'll give, I'll give you your own little rant. You guys you lost twice that day. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I don't think that's been done too often in the NBA. God, I hope Jimmy's gone. Um, no, thanks for having me on. I had a great time. Um, John Morant, to fill up, John Morant is definitely the clear answer next to R.J. Barrett, even if you're the Knicks. And um, 
God, I hope Brett Brown gets fired and Jimmy Bowie leaves at the end of the season. <laughs> that's, wow. that's all I'm going to say. That's, that's how I'm going to end it. Trust and, it. And that's one hell of a way to end uh, the podcast. We want to thank Jake uh, for being here. We also want to thank Fred uh, for being here, too. It was absolutely awesome to finally do this. The first uh, that we've ever had. Uh, so this is the coolest thing that we've probably ever done, at yeah. least for the fast break. Uh, I'd probably say MVP, too. So this was absolutely fun to do. So um, so if you want to be like Jake, uh, you can't be. Uh, but if you want to be close <laughs> to him, uh, check out patreon.com. One of a kind. Podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, one of a kind. Uh, check out patreon.com slash most of our podcast uh definitely uh check that out because you can be in that ten dollar tier you could be talking to us for 14 months and then hey maybe take a trip to chicago and want to come over uh you, you can do that uh also check us out on twitter twitter.com slash most of our podcast don't forget to subscribe on youtube if you haven't and also the big thing rate us five stars on itunes if you can't give us to us on patreon it's nearly close to that uh it helps more eyes get seen to us more ears listening to our podcast and it helps us grow so if you guys have not done that check it out on itunes rate us five stars but for dave oster for Ricky Whitmer, and then for probably about three more weeks, uh, Jake Neverman, uh, he'll be back uh, in April uh, with some Brett Brown takes and some 76ers takes. So, yeah, you'll be you'll be using this thing. Uh, but for now, <laughs> uh, we'll say bye to him here. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.